Don't mute them. Don't mute the music. You bring the music down. There we go. Much better. Jordan's very nervous this morning. Jordan has never done this before, so be gentle. And apologies, we're running a minute or two late this morning. Is you got a lot going. You don't need to get rid of it immediately. This is producing. You can let it sort of play out, and I talk over it, and then as it's it's ending, then you can fade it out from there. It's still no, still too much. Let it go. I'm teaching Jordan how to produce this morning. Hi, good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He's Lil Jordan. It's okay for the music. We can talk over the music for a while. And then as it ends, then you can fade it out at that point. But you can let it go for a minute as we start the show. Are you nervous, pal? You're nervous, aren't you? You're very nervous. I'm I'm nervous, but but we're doing better. We're doing better? We remembered to record. (laughs) I don't know. Was that a problem? Last week. Remember, I forgot. Oh, you to, forgot to uh, record. Okay, so, <laughs> so you won't have to go back in and edit oh, anything. There is that. All right. Uh, good morning. It is uh, Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Lil Jordan, and he is in for Paul today as uh, Paul is down playing baseball in Florida, which I would say must be nice. But the truth is, it's actually quite nice here. <laughs> like now that it's it's hoodie weather again, I'm good. I am absolutely okay with that. A lot to do on the program today. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to chat with Pat Kennedy, of course, the former Towson and Florida State and DePaul coach. Uh, get his thoughts not only on uh, Towson's amazing run. Starting to hear some rumors about Pat Scary and UMass. Don't much care for that. Makes a lot of sense, obviously, given his connection to the Northeast, but still don't much care for that. Um, we'll also talk about the Maryland vacancy. I, I've got more to say. I know Rick Pitino made a statement this morning, so we'll talk about that here in a bit. Uh, also this morning, we will check in with our buddy Andrew Steck. Uh, we got an announcement to make about uh, new betting programming that we're going to be doing here in the coming weeks, so we will tell you about that. And uh, the great Tamir Goodman is going to join us this morning here on GCR. And, uh, you know, the, the stories, the memories of Tamir Goodman and what he did at Talmudical and nearly ending up at Maryland, ultimately playing at Towson for a little bit. Um, pretty incredible. And he actually had an impact on the CIAA tournament in its first year here in Baltimore, which I know you're going to say, what? That sentence sounds like a Mad Lib. Well, I'm going to let him explain it um, because there's something that he's got going on that's really interesting. So Tamir Goodman will join us a little bit later on this morning as well. So all that coming up on a Thursday edition of GCR. Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. 51 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook for you to get your bets in for all of the major events, including UFC 272 on Saturday night. You're going to want to be there, and I would encourage you to email events at sportssocialmd.com right now because spaces are not guaranteed. It's likely to be uh, quite the crowd in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, so I would encourage you to reserve your spot if you want a table if you want to um you know get one of those uh, reclining chairs you got to email events at sportssocialmd.com right now in order to make sure you get yours don't forget you got to keep track of the reads that i'm doing too jordan on that yeah don't forget that again we're working through it working th- by the time we get through tomorrow jordan will be in great shape to forget all of this yeah. until yes. the next time he has to fill exactly. in exactly that's exactly, exactly the way that it'll go all right, um, now, a couple of things here at the start. Obviously, a lot of you reacting to uh, Rick Pitino's tweet this morning. As Rick Pitino, I, I, I'll go back on a couple things I told you yesterday, but I'll start with this. Here is the tweet from Rick Pitino. The University of Maryland is one of the premier institutions of higher learning. 
Its basketball program can be among the nation's best. I hope they find their next great Gary Williams. I love coaching at Iona, and I'm totally committed to my players. It will not be me. A lot of times when people make these types of statements, they leave ambiguity there. Like, that, I if he had said, I love coaching at Iona, and I'm totally committed to my players, I'd be like, eh, you know, you're leaving it kind of open. Not exactly slamming the door on the possibility. But he didn't do that. He said very clearly, it will not be me. Now, a couple of things. As I told you yesterday, in reaction to the report from the junkies, I did my own reporting, and it was very clear that even if boosters were interested in Rick Pitino, and that's that's actually what the junkies reported, it was presented the wrong way on social media. It was presented as if Maryland had zeroed in on Rick Pitino to be their their guy that was never the case and nor was it what the junkies actually said they were done a disservice by the people that shared this on social media even within their own company because it portrayed it as if they were saying maryland is eyeing rick patino and that's not the case what they were saying is donors boosters of the program power players money wise want rick patino to be the guy I was not given confirmation of that, but it also wasn't denied to me either that there might have been interest. I will say specifically, um, I was, as the day went on, and I reached out to more and more people, I was told by a couple that even a lot of... The notion that it was agreed upon amongst the booster community at Maryland that Rick Pitino was the guy they wanted, not true. Not, Not even remotely true, in fact. It was never agreed upon, but like there was this movement amongst the power players, money-wise, within the Maryland program, that they wanted Rick Pitino to be the guy. There probably were, and I'll make this very clear. Those guys down there, the junkies, who I like, and you know, they've been always been good to me. They are extraordinarily plugged in. They are as plugged in as anybody on the planet. They they make good money. They play golf with powerful people. They know what they're talking about. I have no doubt that if they say there were powerful people that were interested in Rick Pitino, it's true. What I can say from my own reporting is that it wasn't a consensus. It wasn't as if everyone that donates money to the University of Maryland had gotten together and said, this is the guy we want. That's not true. Again, who it was, I can't tell you specifically, but there was not a consensus. There probably were people that were interested in hiring Rick Pitino. There are fans that are interested in hiring Rick Pitino, so why wouldn't there have been people that have money involved that were interested in hiring Rick Pitino? It was made more and more clear to me throughout the day, even if there were, or even if there was a consensus among the money people. Remember the quote that I gave you from a source yesterday morning was, the donors don't hire the coach. The donors aren't making the hire. And as was pointed out to me, the donors didn't all want Mark Turgeon gone either. The donors, a lot of money people wanted the Maryland football team to hire Mike Leach years ago. There have been plenty of instances where there was even more consensus than I am to understand there was on Rick Pitino, where there was even more consensus amongst powerful people that didn't go through because ultimately the school makes the hire. So... When I say it doesn't really matter that Rick Pitino said it wasn't going to be him, I guess that's not... He still had to say it because I'm sure it was distracting for him at Iona. And I do think it's more of a statement about 
this thing that people have been dismissive of that Rick Pitino just wants to stay at Iona, I think we're getting more of a picture of that just being true. That Rick Pitino has decided that at this point in his life, he's good money-wise, he's won national championships, he's got a good gig in his hometown, there's a lot less pressure, it's a league that's very winnable, it's an Iona program that was doing quite well even before he got there, and you know now you got one of the best basketball coaches in recent memory, coaching there he's got a good gig and at this point in his life he's just like i'm i'm happy to have this gig and i don't really need any of this other stuff anymore i don't really need to deal with any of it let me just go win at iona and and go on yes george yeah i mean a, a lot of people on his twitter were pushing for louisville they were they were all all going so i mean as soon as he announced the maryland i mean he hasn't come out and said anything about louisville but also what i said to you he's not not the epitome of uh of loyalty. I so. mean, that's true, but I, I just, it does sort of have a weird feeling that he's in a, just in a different place in his yeah. life where this is a good place for him and, you know, he knows he's not going to be 10 years anywhere. These are the twilight years of his coaching career. Why not enjoy them somewhere where there is not the same amount of extraordinary? It's one thing if you're a coach who's, if you're Bob Huggins and you've never won a national championship or something like that. Rick Pitino's done all that. He's done all the things he needs to do in his coaching career. Now I can just sort of, it's almost like, a vacation at this point for him. It's it's just in New York instead of being in Florida, right? Like I, there's there's more talent in the area. You can pick off the scraps in New York, bring them over to Iona, and you're Rick Pitino. You can coach him up to go win that league. So, and I bet they're gonna go do. Like, what what do they already beat? They already beat Alabama, right? I I think they'll end up winning. They beat somebody. Was it Alabama? Who, I don't remember who they beat. They beat somebody. I guarantee they'll end up winning another game against somebody of significance because it's Rick Pitino, man. Like it, it's just the way it's gonna go. So there's that. That that being said, again, while while this sort of puts it to rest, I am telling you that in my reporting, it was never happening. Maryland was never going that route. Even if there were people that wanted it within the donors, the school was never going to go the Rick Patino route. That was going to be a dead end. And for whatever reason, you know, they're not going to say that directly, but I think we can infer they've kind of made it clear like not in a way that they'll ever come out and say directly, but through you know back channels, they're not gonna take a significant risk in this coaching search. It wasn't gonna be Bruce Pearl. I get it now. Everybody knows it's not gonna be Bruce Pearl because Bruce Pearl uh, did a new deal with Auburn, so it's definitely not gonna be Bruce Pearl. Um, it it wasn't gonna be Rick Pitino. They weren't gonna go that route in hiring a new basketball coach. And there's plenty of room for opinion about that. There will be plenty of people. I know our buddy um, Ron and Owings Mills wanted Rick Pitino badly. And there was an argument. You know, we brought it up with Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday. There was an argument for, you know, you know what you're getting. You're hiring Pitino to come in for a few years because you expect it won't take him that long in order to make things relevant again. And even if he's only here for four years, you think you're giving the next guy a, a better scenario then you're in right now. You think that you're handing the next guy a program that's healthier, where the fan base is more invested, where coaches in the area are more inclined to want their kids to, to be there. There have been relationships repaired. The idea of Rick Pitino was hire someone to breathe a little life into your program for a bit and then find your next coach from there. That was the concept of Rick Pitino. 
And I got it. I understood it. It never seemed likely to me. And the thing that I kept coming back to whenever we'd have these conversations is, why wouldn't you just try to find your own Rick Pitino? Why isn't that you wouldn't just try to find your own Gary Williams? And the answer is, because that's not easy to do. You thought you were doing that when you hired Mark Turgeon, and you didn't get that guy. It's not easy to identify who that guy is that's going to succeed at that high of a level. And I get it. Like, I understand. It's almost like you want to cheat the process. I don't want to have to find a coach. I want a coach to find me. Okay. Okay, I get it. It, That's not normally how this works. By the way, Duke and North Carolina didn't do that with their last hires. They didn't go get... The, the, I, the thought process was that Duke's next coach could be anybody they wanted. They could hire Brad Stevens to be their next They could hire anybody on the planet to be their next coach because it would be the most desirable job in the country. Instead, they're going a route of an unproven risk. Now they're doing it to sort of capitulate to Mike Krzyzewski. I understand that. But they're still doing it. They're st- still turning the reins of the most powerful basketball program in the country over to someone who no one on the planet has any clue if he's even remotely capable of being a college basketball coach. There is no doubt that Maryland's hire, whoever it might be, is going to be someone more qualified than the next head coach at Duke because the next head coach at Duke is not remotely qualified. That doesn't mean it's not going to work. John Shire might prove to be a, a tremendous college basketball coach. I certainly hope not, but he might. But Maryland is going to hire someone who is most certainly more qualified than the next college basketball coach at Duke will be. We'll see who that is. Again, I've said all along, I had narrowed it in on three coaches, and I thought it was almost a certainty it would be one of those three if they were interested in the job. Now I'm starting to get, as I've told you guys for the last week, I, I am less a believer that Ed Cooley will be interested in the job. As, as much as... You can say Maryland is 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 better. It's a better job than Providence. I just think his situation at Providence is too good. He's just too beloved, despite the fact that he's he's not really one significant. And that could change this year. He's obviously got a very good team this year. It might be that this year they're primed to make a run into the NCAA tournament and and win some games. He's won one game in the NCAA tournament in his career at Providence. One. And yet he's a beloved figure. Because it's his alma mater, because they've won a Big East tournament, because they've won, now this year, the Big East regular season title, and because the standards are a little bit lower at Providence. It's, it's what there is to do in town. People are going to come out because they're not competing against major professional sports. The job at Providence is different than the job at Maryland. It, and it always will be. It's, it, I, Maryland fans get fascinated when they see um, like a Nebraska basketball game. Nebraska basketball is wretched. I mean, is is one of the worst programs in the entire country, and yet they pack their gym in miserable seasons. When they're terrible, they pack their gym because it's what they have to do. That they can't go to a, a a a Wizards game or a Capitals game or an Orioles game or a Ravens game. There's one way to spend your money. It's going to Nebraska games. That's it. That's the entertainment thing that they have. It's never going to be like that here. There will always be options. There will always be another way for fans to spend their money. You've got to succeed in order to fans, for fans to want to be there. And it's the nature of the beast. And it's not that way at Providence. And so I can certainly understand why Ed Cooley might want to stay there. I don't know that either. It's just that I'm, 
I've come around to the idea that that's less likely than the other two. Of course, Kevin Willard at Seton Hall and Andy Enfield at USC. Could there also be a surprise in here? I, I, I'm still not ruling out the you try to get one of those guys and they say, yeah, we, you know, Andy Enfield says, I'd love to be there. But USC just told me they give me six million bucks. So are you prepared to give me eight? I absolutely still think that's a possibility that comes from the next group of guys, the Nico Medveds, the uh, Colorado State, uh, Dennis Gates at Cleveland State, who we just talked about the other day, um, Mark Pope at BYU. I still think it's possible that the next coach comes from that group because you try to get your guy from the from the first group, and it just doesn't work out. Or Kevin Willard says, look, I don't, I don't have to deal with the same amount of pressure at Seton Hall. Same deal. Kevin Willard's won one game in the NCAA tournament, one. And he's not as beloved as Ed Cooley is at Providence, but there's no pressure there. He's he's being sought after for better jobs. So it might very well be that he says the same thing. You know what? I'm happy here. I'm good. This is the job I want. Appreciate you, but I don't really need the if I don't if I don't reach a final four in a decade, the people are gonna hate me thing. Which doesn't mean there's anything wrong with That being your level of expectation as a Maryland fan, I got into that with Dan Bonner the other day. There's no wrong, nothing wrong with you expecting a coach to do that. That's the way it should be with this program. But it's absolutely a coach's right to say, yeah, I don't really need that. I'm I'm good. That's not a stress that I need to introduce into my life. And we'll see. We'll see. But it will not be Rick Pitino. That's the only thing we know with certainty is that it will not be Rick Pitino, at least according to him. Source him. He says it will not be Rick Pitino. As he says, literally, it will not be me. Uses those words in his tweet this morning. So cross him off the list then. Um, As far as the baseball thing is concerned, uh, apparently there will be more informal talks today. So they're not going to have everybody powwow at Roger Dean Stadium and camp out together and share hotel rooms or whatever it is they were doing. There are going to be informal talks. And this is what the... Paul and I discussed yesterday, for as bombastic as canceling regular season games came off, there remains no reason today why the season couldn't begin on March 31st. There remains no reason today why even if it doesn't, you couldn't play 162 games of a baseball season. I don't know, and I certainly, like the rest of you, continue to read the tea leaves and say it don't look good. It still appears as though they're pretty far apart on a few things, and that that might not come together in the span of 24 hours, but it could. And if it does, there is absolutely zero reason to think the players wouldn't say, oh, and by the way, we're going to go back to 162 games this year. We'll see. It's all we'll continue to say. We'll see. I, I don't know who might blink. I don't know who might feel pressure about it. The players certainly appear to be digging in a little bit more. I know there was... Um, uh, was it Mike Trout who sent out a tweet yesterday that people yeah. were responding to? Uh, let me try to pull it out, pull it up, and so I, w- I want to make sure I'm. I w- uh, Mike Trout tweeted, uh, "I want to play. I love our game, but I know we need to get this CBA right. Instead of bargaining in good faith, MLB locked us out. Instead of negotiating a fair deal, Rob canceled games. Players stand together for our game, for our fans, and for every player who comes after us. We owe it to the next generation." That last part is what I've, I've been trying to say to you for a little while. If there's a side of this that I'm more inclined to support, well, one, I mean, obviously, the owners lock the players out, so let's start there, right? Like, you have your answer. But two, I understand the position the players are in. They have to do this. We were talking about this when we had Trey Mancini on a couple weeks ago. They have to do this. 
They don't have a choice. You join a union. This is what you sign up for. Whether you like it or not, there might be players within the union who are actually anti-union. I don't know. There might be players who are like, yeah, I'd kind of rather play baseball and I'd be happy to be a scab. But you can't. You joined a union. There is no union without players being willing to stand up and, and risk something. Anyone who knows anything about how unions work, and I know uh, my buddy Tim and Belair uh, will tell me about union busting, and, and I, I get it, but if you understand how a union works, you have to be willing to risk something in order to make a statement because somebody did it for you. Because the guys that were around in 94 would say, the reason we went on strike is not for you to turn around and allow the owners to, to get the better of it this time. We risked something to better you. And of course, we all know they did. Salaries went up exponentially post-1994. We took a risk. People in this country were mad at us, blamed us for a lot of things, but we did it not necessarily for us. We did it for you. And so you owe it to the next group to be willing to fight now. That's how a union works. We all understand that. How does this end? Don't know. I genuinely don't know. But I get exactly what Mike Trout is saying. You want to be mad, be mad. But understand, we got to do this. We don't really have a choice. It's called being in a union. And again, I know, I'm, I'm li- Tim, I know in particular, Tim's a, he's one of the smarter people I know. He's screaming, yeah, they do. I do. I know. I know what you're saying. But you also know what it is that I'm saying. You join a union. You signed up for the fight. That's what, that's what happened. You signed up to fight. How do, how do we think this impacts? Because the minor league baseball season is starting on time. Mm-hmm. They're all starting on time. Yep. How does it impact potential prospects who are on the 40-man well, that's why a lot of guys were specifically it, really. not left on the, not put on the yeah. forty man. Like a lot of people were re- overreacted when Adley Rutschman wasn't on the forty man, and immediately it was understood yeah. like, oh no, we get yeah. it, we know exactly we what's going play. on here. Yeah. We want to make sure that he's available to play in the minor leagues. Should there not be a major league season? Um, again, there's still it's March third, as we saw in 2020. I know that we're used to spring training and pitchers ramping up, and it is not ideal to have a scenario where you don't have even a, a, a shortened spring training. But we saw this in 2020. You can absolutely get away with like a very short, don't have to send everybody to Florida and Arizona, send them to their own home cities, get workouts in for a little bit, and then just start playing baseball. It can be done. There's no reason. And yes, is that disappointing? Because it probably means the pitchers can't go very long, that it's going to take them in the season to ramp up. And they might only be starters might only be able to go three innings when the season begins. Yeah, that's totally possible that that's the case. But I'd rather that than not have 162 baseball games. Like if I have to choose between the two, I'd say, yeah, give me give me some shortened starts from the starters in order to get a full season in. That personally, that would be the choice that I make. The players can make their own choice clearly. But as a fan, I would think that would be better, especially in cities where the baseball team might actually be good. And then one other thing to respond to is um, Eric DaCosta met with the media yesterday out at the Combine in Indianapolis, and I'm, I'm not trying to be dismissive. I, he didn't really say anything. It's certainly nothing that's new, certainly nothing that was newsworthy. 
continue to reiterate all the same things related to Lamar Jackson. We're working on his pace. It it is it is odd. It was hypothesized by Josina Anderson yesterday of ESPN that Lamar's camp is smart to do this and wait on Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. I was like, that's a weird like, like those are two very different situations to be looking at. I, everyone has assumed that like the Josh Allen deal would be the guiding light for a Lamar Jackson deal, not a Aaron, not a forty-year-old quarterback. Like that, that's that's weird, right? <laughs> like that's thought. Now I get it. You're assuming that particularly for those players, it's going to be a bulk of money all at once because they're a bit older. And so that can give you the number to work with and say, if this team wants to pay this player this amount of money, you got to come up with a contract that averages that amount of money for us. I don't know. It was just very, it was weird. That was a weird, to me, tweet. Um, by the way, Josina Anderson's with CBS now. She's not with ESPN. I forgot about that. Uh, Lamar Jackson is wise to wait for certain contracts to get done that'll set the actual market, a la Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, not the hypothetical market. No need to rush in early March. Baltimore also knew headed into last season that LJ was going to take his time. Okay. I mean, they might. It might very well be that they were informed of that. But, like, how much time do you want? When you say take his time, do you want to get it done in June? Is that what you're looking to do? It's just weird. Everything about it, when you say... You're waiting for the market to set, not the hypothetical market. Fine. But, like, at some point, you, how long are you waiting? There are going to be more contracts coming next year for quarterbacks. So do you say, well, I want to wait for those, too. I just want to wait forever? At some point, the market really is kind of what it is. And I get it. I'm not faulting Lamar Jackson anyway. You want to get as much money as you possibly can, by all means. But... You can only wait for so long, or it's only prudent to wait for so long. And again, I don't know enough, and this is the part about not having leaks or not knowing who to talk to within his camp. I don't know what it is that the Ravens have hypothetically offered him. And if it's disrespectful, then I don't blame him whatsoever. But if we're just waiting for waiting's sake, that is, I'm going to say that's weird. That's a, a weird way to go about this process. All right, today's show... Also brought to you by ooh, Underdog Fantasy Football. If you're not playing underdog, you're insane. It's a lot of fun. Basketball games, hockey games available. Hopefully there'll be some baseball games coming. We hope. You use the code PRESSBOX. We'll make your first deposit up to $100. We'll match it with free money for you to play with. Download the Underdog app. Go to underdogfantasy.com right now in order to find out more. When we come back in, uh, Pat Kennedy's going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on Maryland search, on what Towson's doing, all of those things next. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip, that first bite, 
Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR on a Thursday edition of the program. Let's. Uh, it's been a while since I've caught up with our next guest, and it's always great to chat with him, talk some hoops. You, of course, remember him from his time at Towson. We all remember him as well as the head coach at Florida State, DePaul, amongst other things. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Coach Pat Kennedy, who's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Jordan in Baltimore. Great to catch up with you as always, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, Glenn and Jordan. Always great to uh, connect back with the with the wonderful people of Baltimore and Baltimore area. We uh, we had a great seven years there, and it's very exciting uh, to see what Pat Scary has been able to do uh, with Towson. He's had a great year. He's he's done a great job, and uh, our shining our shining accomplishment was obviously that facility. Yep, uh, was our ability to put that facility together before I left. I did that with the. Uh, President Dr. Bob Corrett and some of the great, uh, great people who support Towson. So it's good to see what they're doing. Very happy for them. You know, let's talk a little bit the difficulty of of succeeding there and how Pat. You, you know, you've seen what he's been through. He's been through a lot of ups. He's been through a lot of downs during his time at Towson. Can you speak to how tough it is to sustain success at Towson, and specifically how impressed you've been with him? kind of piece in a group to get it like this is a wild group that he put together it transfers players that were already in the program to go from a miserable <laughs> season a year ago to you know now being the number one seed in the CAA tournaments well this new uh porthole that we all know about you know the kids can go in there to transfer and they can play right away it's just tremendously changed college basketball uh it's probably been almost a little bit understated because i think 
Pat Scarry's team is a perfect example uh, of what can happen in just a one-year period of time. But Pat has certainly paid his dues. The tough thing on that level, and it, it bit us a little bit when I was there, too, is injuries. Uh, you know, you don't you have a very fine line when you're at a, a program like the CAA or the MAC uh, in terms of winning and losing. And if you lose one or two key players, it can have a, a drastic uh, uh, you know, change in, in in your level of play. Some places you can lose one or two kids, and you have enough to kind of, you know, back it up. So injuries is 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 one, and then number two, kids want opportunities to play right away. So when you're the biggies, you know, when you're at the ACC or the Big East, you can bring the same level guys in every year. But let's say you have two great recruits you get one year, uh, and they come in and they play really well. Now you got to worry about losing them. But also, if they do stay, it's hard to recruit another kid behind them because the kid's going to say, well, look, I'll never play. I'm going to play behind player X. Um, so it's hard, very, very hard at the mid, low to mid-majors to consistently um, you know, maintain that level of play. So that's all they're living with. And uh, you know, I, if, if, if you look in the CAA itself, uh, you'll see, you know, James Madison at one time was at the top. You know, then they float down to the bottom. A lot of those different schools uh, have gone through that same uh, process. Pat, they go into the CAA tournament having won six straight games. I guess technically six and a half because they had that weird thing with Delaware the other night. Um, and they've been winning them by an average of 22 points a game, right? Like they have been just dominant during this stretch. Does any of that matter when you when you show up to a conference tournament? Like, does does it matter that you've been playing clearly your best basketball, the best basketball of anyone in the league, or do you have to throw all of that stuff out because this is three games in three days, and no matter what you're doing, that is just this diff- different of an animal. There, there really isn't necessarily a favorite once you get to a conference tournament. Well, it's interesting. Normally, there is not a favorite. You know, I mean, heck, you can just look at the Big East and Creighton beats UConn the other night sure. by two points. I, I mean, when you get when you get into a conference playoff, foul trouble comes into play once again. Your best player tweaks his ankle, and you got to take him out of the game. And God forbid he's your point guard. So it's still a one game season. But I will agree with what you guys have just said. Uh, I've been following Towson, and I follow Pat Scary. I really like him. Um, they, they, they just, uh, they've been dominating people. So I, you know, I think you've got to, I'm sure Pat will do this is, is you play on that. You know, you don't let your guys back down from that and worry about, well, anybody can win and et cetera, et cetera. The kids are smart enough. They already know that. Um, you know, I think what you play on is say, guys, we've been kicking tail here. So don't, don't take our foot off the gas pedal. Uh, we take each game the exact same way and, Pat does a terrific job with his defense and with rebounding. Uh, those are the things that have helped him be be, be dominant uh, with this particular group. So no, I would keep my foot to the to the metal and and not not worry about the idea that it's one and done. Should uh, we? Because they actually should be, and I believe they are now. I've watched the Joe Leonardi thing with the bracketology. They should be the strong favorite to win the CAA. You know, when, when we were there. Not that it matters, but people don't don't totally remember. You know, we had two Final Four teams right in the league. Right. Time. So not, nothing against Towson right now, but I mean, you don't you don't look at them and project them as a Final Four team. 
I mean, you know, we had two Final Four teams along with an old Dominion who could have been a Final Four team. Obviously, Ma- um, Mason so, and VCU being who it is the coach is alluding to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, VCU, exactly right. Um, and and they, they they were terrific. And Old Dominion was probably just as good as them and George Mason. Um, but no, so I think they should be strong favorites, and they should go in there with with, with a strong cockiness, a confident cockiness, uh, and they should win it. So that's that's why I would challenge my guys. Now, how worried should we be around here, a coach that that maybe this run? is what leads Pat Scary to perhaps moving on to bigger and better things, right? Like, we got to enjoy the work of Ryan Odom here at UMBC for a little while, and then, you know, it was only going to be so long before somebody pried him away. Should we be worried that perhaps this success this season ends up carrying Pat Scary elsewhere? Well, I mean, it can. and It's just, it's just the nature of the business. Pat has a very good reputation. Uh, he needed a year like this. I mean, all guys that when they kind of have a year or two where there's some slippage, you know, you want to be able to bounce back. Some schools don't even give you the opportunity uh, to bounce back if you, if you have a few struggling seasons. So uh, there's going to be opportunity for him. Uh, he's He's got to be one of the better young coaches, especially here on the East Coast. And then there's some natural, you know, it also is timing, right? UMass is a job that is now yep. open. He's from Boston, played yep. at Tufts. Uh, you know, when you say Pat Scurry, you think Boston, you think Massachusetts. Uh, a job like Pittsburgh uh, is possibly going to open. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but you never know if people there really like him. Uh, you know, then there's 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 those type of bigger jobs. So uh, I think, and and again, you got to appreciate. If I don't know what he's making now, I don't know what Towson's paying. Let's say they're paying three fifty. Four hundred. If somebody comes in over eight hundred to a million, oh yeah, let's that's, du- that's right. double your salary. <laughs> right. So, and that's and that's. I mean, I, I think Atlantic. And again, I'm not directly involved as I was, but I got to believe that most of the better Atlantic Ten jobs are probably close to a million dollars a year. I would think you're so, probably uh, right. So yeah, he's 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 got to take a look at that. Um, but hey, I often said, you know, you judge somebody by what they inherited, what they did with it, and how they left it. So, you know, nobody at Towson could be upset if he went somewhere. And then we'll just have to find another Pat to come coach the team afterwards. The way yeah, maybe, right. maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 irony speaking of you, Maz, maybe Pat Kelsey would be interested in coming back and, yeah, and coaching Towson to keep it there running. You go, exactly. Pat Kennedy with us here on GCR. All right, coach, uh, let's talk about Maryland. Um, Rick Patino came out this morning, said, hey, it's not going to be him. And that's not surprising in, in doing the reporting that I did yesterday. That, the school, while the donors were interested, the school was not uh, particularly interested in Rick Patino. I, I want to get to your thoughts on how good the Maryland job really is, because this to me strikes when when we talk about specific candidates. And I'll use Ed, I've been using Ed Cooley's name a lot with this. A lot of people love Ed Cooley, but Ed Cooley is so happy at at Providence, right? He's he's at his alma mater. He's a beloved figure. They just won the Big East this year. The place is packed every night. It's this insane atmosphere, despite the fact that he's only ever won one game in the NCAA tournament in in his career there. If I'm Ed Cooley, (laughs) and I'm there, and I've got this wonderful situation, even if Maryland comes calling, is Maryland that good of a job that you depart happiness in order to take it because you think you have a chance to win a national championship? Well, you know, that's that's a that's a great question. That's a great question. And let, let let me just say this, you know, when Left Future Zell came into Maryland, 
and he started this that he's going to make Maryland uh, the UCLA of the East. Uh, Lefty was kind of a Pied Piper and was a great recruiter. Uh, and back then, you know, there weren't so many teams going. There's only 32 teams going to the NCAA tournament. So Lefty had an incredible impact, not just on Maryland, but on college basketball as well. But it didn't necessarily make Maryland, uh, you know, a real blue blood. You know, it's not Kansas, it's not Kentucky, it's not Duke, it's not North Carolina. So even though Lefty had these aspirations and people bought into it, rightfully so, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been, I mean, God, Gary Williams, great coach, you know, won the national championship. But to think of it as a blue blood is very tough. And when you take a look at, and I've advised some guys along the way who've asked, called me and asked about, uh, you know, some, some consultation on different situations, you know, it's like, that Raleigh Massimino leaves Villanova and goes to UNLV and, and God bless his soul. But from UNLV to Cleveland state, you know, I mean, kind of screwed up his career a little bit. Still, although he's still a hall of famer, but Jay Wright has made all the right decisions yep. uh, just by, just by staying there. Right. So, I mean, Ed Cooley would be crazy to leave Providence. And, and for all the reasons you just said, he's from there. His wife is a cop in the city of Providence. So, He's extremely happy. If you got a great job where you're happy and you're selling it out, uh, then you then you certainly need to stay there. And uh, so, is Maryland a good job? It's a very very good job, um, but it's not a blue blood job. Uh, that you know, Michigan came calling Ed Cooley. I'm sure he thought about that. Now, if that was Kansas, they came calling Fred Cooley. It's possibly that he sure. could take a job like right. that. Yeah, it's Kansas. So, right, I get that. <laughs> yeah, but but but. But Maryland, I don't think is, is you know equals that level. Um, I, I still don't, in my own mind, understand the Mark Turgeon scenario at the end, unless it was maybe had a little something to do with his health or the fact that he was just so fed up that he wanted to leave. Or I, I don't, I, I couldn't get a grasp of that from afar. He's a hell of a coach. Uh, his records, you know, it's going to be hard to get. I guarantee. You, I don't care who they hire, even if Rick Pitino had an interest in it. There's no way that someone's going to probably duplicate. Uh, his one loss record over the time he was there. So uh, he he must have won close to 80% of his games. He, he he definitely won a lot of games. And, and, and Coach, I certainly think that the, the strain was because of the lack. That, you know, they, they beat one single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament the entire time Mark Turgeon was the coach, and it was UConn last year, right? Like, that that this appears to be a place where you're going to be judged by what you do in the NCAA tournament, which is why I brought that up in relation to Ed Cooley, right? Like, he hasn't done anything in the NCAA tournament yet, and yet he's a beloved figure, you know? Like, it, And if I was him, I don't know if I would leave. And by the way, I would say the same thing, too. I I think that a lot of people believe that Maryland's, that the two names that are most likely at this point are Kevin Willard at Seton Hall and Andy Enfield from USC. And and I don't know that for those guys there might not be a similar thought, right? Where if I'm Kevin Willard, same deal. He's won one game in the NCAA tournament while he's been at Seton Hall, and yet here he is being discussed as a candidate at Maryland. It's the 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 convention is he's done a very good job at Seton Hall. So if if you are thought highly of at a place, despite the fact that you haven't had that great success, and you know that alone was what the last coach was judged by at a place like Maryland. Are you in a rush to take that job? Well, even take it back a little bit, too, um, when he got the Seton Hall job. Uh, if you take a look at what he did at Iona, and, of course, I coached Iona as well. Yep. Uh, and when I was there, uh, you know, we went to two NCAs and three NITs. I mean, we went to five postseason tournaments in six years. 
if you take a look at what he Kevin did at, at, at Iona, people around here, I'm living up in Connecticut now, people around here shook their heads and said, well, how do you get a Seton Hall job? What in the world did he do? Jeff Rulin uh, did more than, than he had done. So sometimes it's your it's your tree. You know, I think having a guy before Rick's problems at uh, Louisville, yep. I think having a guy like Rick Pitino mm-hmm. call for you. Billy Donovan's voice has become very powerful throughout college basketball with the athletic directors, uh, et cetera. So sometimes you scratch your head, and, and you guys have done your research, and Ed's done a great job at Providence, but he really hasn't done anything that incredibly exceptional but he's he's put together a great program and uh and i think that's important however having gone through it as i did and i was during my years at florida state i was uh offered the unlv and the tennessee jobs uh a lot of it is is this idea of quote-unquote fit and sometimes that's a personal thing that's an emotional thing i don't know if andy enfield's whole family is back east if he's still somewhat connected to Hopkins over yep. his years, he was there and became the shot doctor and all that good stuff. Yep. I mean, Maryland for him may be something that is attractive for a lot of personal reasons. Yep. But it's really a lateral move to go from Southern Cal to Maryland is simply uh, a lateral move. Now, um, for Kevin to go from Seton Hall to Maryland is uh, is clearly a step up because the Big Ten is just so powerful as an overall conference. Um, do you think they would be better off trying to find, and, and Andy Enfield certainly would, would qualify in the younger, and even Kevin Willard, but I, I wonder if, you know, and Rick Pitino brought this up in his, his statement this morning, are, are you better off if you're Maryland trying to find a young, on-the-rise guy that you identify, and, and Dennis Gates at Cleveland State has been a name that's been brought up, Nico Medved at Colorado State. And I'll, I, Look, I'm surprised that Ryan Odom's name hasn't come up more during the course of this because, you know, my God, all he's, he's been a really good coach with a great bloodline who's familiar with the ACC and, and matchups against Mar- – like, I don't understand why Ryan Odom's name hasn't been more of a factor in this conversation. Love living in Annapolis. Um, but are you better off trying to find that guy that, that you identify as the guy that's going to be here for 15, 20 years that you don't have to wow, you don't have to, to pay you know $8 million in order to hire your coach. It's someone who it's clearly a move up and might well be the guy that is, is your next Gary Williams, if you will. Yeah, and that's a great point. You got to remember Gary obviously played at Maryland, and Gary uh, Maryland has always been, excuse me, very much part of Gary's whole life, and he was a great hire at the time. So I, I think you're actually looking for, you, 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 you mentioned three different categories. When, 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 when you look at the Dennis Gates of the world, and even Ryan Odom, they're kind of like, you know, they're there, but they're not there yet. They don't have a long enough track record of showing that they can win uh, consistently and then also win big games a la the NCAA tournament. Uh, coaches really uh, blossom during the NCAA tournament. So you have that group of coaches that are down there that you might just look at as an AD and say, you know what, they don't have enough lineage yet. Then you've got your high-level guys, <clears throat> excuse me, that are going to cost you a tremendous amount of money, and you're going to have to play around with them to see if they would come. You know, it's like when Tennessee got Rick Barnes, that was a great hire. Uh, but that was, you know, Texas to Tennessee type of move. Uh, are there some of those guys out there and how much are you going to pay them? Or you take a look at the gentleman that was hired at Wake Forest. Um, he's kind of the mid-major guy who stepped in there 
and who was always known as a heck of a, a coach, recruiter, and X and O guy. So I think for Maryland, uh, the AD's job is going to be to search for that mid-major guy that's in there that, you know, looks like he can definitely coach. You got the coach at Texas Tech who went to the University of Texas. Yeah, Chris Beard, yeah. That's an old Bobby Knight guy. So they, I think they may need to find one of those guys that when they're hired, people say, ah, what's the big deal? And then when they get there, they do an unbelievable job. You know, Coach McDermott, for example, at Creighton, is probably one of, in my opinion, one of the top ten coaches in the country. And and you can go back to Northern Iowa. Yep. And his job he's done at Creighton. Yep. I don't care where you put that guy. He's going to win basketball games. Um, and I think Kevin Willard has proven himself to be a guy who's just going to win. Now, win enough, get in the NCAA tournament, get to the Sweet 16s and Final 8s. Uh, that obviously remains to be seen. So, um, are there any graduates that are talked about as being? I in mean, the mix? O- only one, and it's such a stretch, you know. Like he's 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 not really one. And I get the Coppin is a it's a very difficult place to to stockpile wins anywhere. But you know, it's Juan Dixon, right? Like you know, coach, he's he casts quite a, a shadow, and he's a very powerful figure. And you know, if he's interested in the job, you certainly, as a program, kind of have to at least be willing to entertain the conversation. I just I think it's extraordinarily unlikely that they, they would hire a sort of middling MEAC coach to be the next coach at the University of Maryland. Bring back Jimmy Patos. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. I think Jimmy's got a good life these days, Pat. I think I think Jimmy might – you never know when Jimmy might walk through the door as we're talking about him. That's what I love about him. Coach, what's going yeah, on with you? No, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. What, what's going on with you? What are you up to these days? Well, we still have our camps. You know, they're the largest basketball camps in the country. It's the, the Kennedy family. They're called the Hoop Group, and we've expanded them in, in many, many ways. Uh, we, we stretch all across the country now. We do academic elite camps, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm in the process of writing a book, which is one of the most difficult processes I've ever gone through with Don Yeager, the old sports oh, illustrator. He's excellent, uh, yep. Yeah, so, um, so and, and my son is at Holy Cross. Uh, and uh, so he's into his college basketball career. So staying busy, loving life, and just thankful for every day I get. That's awesome. Coach Pat Kennedy, it's great to catch up with you. would love to do this again as we get into the NCAA tournament. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Absolutely, guys, and all my best to all the great folks here in Baltimore. Thank you, sir. Coach Pat Thank Kennedy you. checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. And um, a couple things to respond to. you got to bring me back down a little bit more. Just a bit. Still a bit too. Yeah, there we go. Uh, jo- little Jordan's in today. And figuring things out as we go along. We're, we're, we're making it work. We're, we're getting there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better than last week. I'm, I'm doing... <laughs> do, or, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah. Just keep that yeah. in mind. Doing, doing better than last week and can only, uh, um, can only go up. A couple things in response. And, and I, I was thinking about this as he said it. I know what Pat Kennedy's trying to say about you know Dennis Gates and Ryan Odom in comparison to these other guys, but bear in mind, Ryan Odom's won exactly as many NCAA tournament games as both Kevin Willard and Ed Cooley. Exactly the same number. One. One. It's just the, the one that Ryan Odom won was the more impressive one of the three. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that Ryan Odom should be the next coach at Maryland. I'm just stunned of how minimal his name has come up. I hear Nico Medved more than I hear Ryan Odom. And I, it just sort of blows me away. No, no disrespect to Nico Medved, who if he ends up being the coach at Maryland, I, I think he's a, 
a qualified. He, he, he checks a lot of boxes. I, I think he could do the job quite well. But I don't, for the life of me, understand why he would be a name that would be brought up more frequently than Ryan Odoms. I don't know what he's done that suggests that he's a better basketball coach or more qualified specifically to be the coach at Maryland than Ryan Odom is. I'm stunned. I'm honestly floored by how uninvolved Ryan Odom's name has been in this. And I get it. He's not having an overwhelming season at Utah State. They're 16 and 14. If, uh, at least they were the last time I checked. Maybe I should maybe I should pull that up and make sure I'm not speaking out of turn because, believe it or not, I don't pay attention to every Utah State game during the course of the season. I know you guys are going to be very surprised by that development, but I'm not watching every game. They are, indeed, 16-14. They're only 7-10 and 10 in conference play. So I get it. It's not overwhelming. It's his first season there. It's, it's his first year at a new program. They're 16-14. and 14. They're 7. It's not like he's failing. He's not going to reach the NCAA tournament. And so if you say, well, you can't hire a guy that's not headed to the NCAA tournament this year. I guess. I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. C- can, can you not? I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. If, if Rick Pitino, if Iona lost in the MAC tournament, they weren't going to make the NCAA tournament this year, but I'm going to guess that those of you that wanted Rick Pitino wouldn't have suddenly said, well, you, you can't hire him. You missed the NCAA tournament this year. I'm just guessing, just spitballing, just talking out loud, just just throwing it out there. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the lack of Ryan Odom conversation in relation to the Maryland job. I, I certainly understand why he wouldn't be at the top of the list. I certainly get that, and I, I will maintain. As I have for some time, it's going to be Andy Enfield or Kevin Willard until proven otherwise. And I say that as somebody who had who had kept Ed Cooley's name in. The more I've the more work I've done, the more I've watched. Dude, when you watch those scenes from Providence games with thirteen thousand people all belting out Taylor Swift songs, and it, it just there's no way there's no way you leave there. Seton Hall's a little bit different. You're playing in that huge building in in Newark and. It's it's always going to be difficult to create an overwhelming atmosphere there. Um, it, I, I I think Kevin Willard would be far more likely to leave Seton Hall. And to me, Kevin Willard is probably your floor. But I'll be the one the morning after they hire Kevin Willard, and I'll point out, like, is Pat Kennedy just did. What really has he done? And that's fine. I'm okay with saying, but you're betting on what he could do. I get that. I, I get that. But in the same way that you're betting on what Nico Medved could do, or what Dennis Gates could do, or what Mark Pope could do, or Ryan Odom could do. But it matters. It, it, it's, it's relevant within the conversation. I still think that Andy Enfield is the top guy on my list that's practical, that's legitimate. I think Andy Enfield is the guy that's at the top of my list. It just comes down to whether or not he actually wants to leave, how much he really does care about being back here, where his roots are. He's from Pennsylvania, went, you know, was at Johns Hopkins, got his MBA from Maryland. It makes a lot of sense that Andy Enfield would be interested in coming back, but we got to know that, and there's always the chance that USC kind of likes, other than when they got their asses handed to them by Arizona the other night. My God. Holy crap. Arizona is good, dude. Like, they are unreal. 
Um, but other than that, it might be that USC has enjoyed being competitive in basketball and says, you know what, actually, we got some money to toss around. You know, uh, we, we think that we're about to sell a bunch of tickets with Lincoln Riley as our football coach now, so we'll throw you $7 bucks. And Maryland says, yeah, we don't, we don't have $7 million to throw around. <laughs> we don't have it. Sorry. And then you got to go a different route. But I, I still think that Andy Enfield is the best of the practical options if I eliminate Ed Cooley from the conversation. And Kevin Willard is, to me, the floor, hopefully. Hopefully. And if, by the way, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's the end of the world if they have to go to the next list. I don't think there's anything wrong with having to be the school that identifies who the guy is that would do a really good job if they were at Maryland. I just think that Ryan Odom would be higher on my list than Nico Medved or Mark Pope. Our number one of today's show is in the books. It was also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, our buddy Andrew Steck is going to check back in with us as he's going to be part of something new that we're going to be doing here in the coming weeks. We're going to talk to him about that. We'll also talk about the baseball situation and more. It is Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on the bat around we can't imagine why you'd want to but you can watch gcr live it's at facebook.com slash press sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants
You know, we've been talking a lot of college basketball this morning, and if you haven't picked up the new print issue of PressBox, it is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. It is the uh, 20th anniversary celebration of the Maryland Men's Basketball National Championship back in 2002, a uh, lengthy sit-down that Stan the Fan and I had with Gary Williams that um, was was really quite moving, honestly. And It's difficult sometimes to convey it in print, but Gary was more emotional. I think Gary's always been emotional in certain ways, but a, a different kind of emotional in, in unique parts of this conversation. It was really very powerful. Um, chatting with them for this uh, cover story, this Q&A that we did with them. Plus, we caught up with members of the team to relive some of the moments during the course of the year. Go get that print issue right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. I saw this quote before we get to uh, Stecka. I just want to pull this quote up right now. This is from Ross Stripling uh, of the Blue Jays. And he was talking to Sportsnet. He said, as Monday turned into, uh, sorry, this is the quote from the story. As Monday turned into Tuesday and talks continued late into the night, some players got the impression owners were underestimating them. Now, this is the quote from Ross Stripling. Quote, it got to be like 1230 and the fine print of their CBT proposal was stuff we had never seen before. They were trying to sneak things through us. It was like they think we're dumb baseball players and we get sleepy after midnight or something. It's like that stupid football quote, they are who we thought they were. Now, that, hang on a second. We're going to have to step in there. You're calling Dennis Green's iconic Monday night football rant a stupid football quote. We are going to have to fight Ross Stripling because it was one of the great nights when I had just moved out to Arizona. This was one of the first nights I was on the air and because we were doing 8 to midnight and the, you know the time difference with the game we this was prime for us like we were losing our minds high-fiving each other phone lines blowing up it was the greatest night i've ever done radio the night that dennis green lost his mind out in phoenix um the, the quote continues they did exactly what we thought they would do they pushed us to a deadline that they imposed and then they tried to sneak some shit past us at that deadline and we were ready for it we've been ready for five years and then they tried to flip it on us today in pr saying that we've changed our tone and tried to make it look like it was our fault that never happened and this is going to be shocking because otherwise I think a lot of people find uh, baseball owners to be really good, uh, uh, right guys, and they're going to be stunned by the idea that they might have tried to screw with the players. I know it's got to be stunning to Andrew Stecka, who joins us now. Speaking of Arizona, that's where he is this morning. Good morning, Andrew Stecka. Well, yeah, you know what? Hang on. Jordan, you got to fix the phone. The phone itself is a little off the hook. There we go. We're good now. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, I'm sure you're you're stunned to know that uh, Major League Baseball owners might not be just the, the 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 fairest, most reasonable people to do business with. They've always been upstanding citizens in my mind, so this is it's yeah. like a surprise. You're right. Shocking news from Ross Stripling that they might not have uh, they might have maybe used a little bad faith during the course of the negotiations. That just that seems so unlike them, man. Are, is anything real? What can we believe in these days? Is what I really ask at this point. What do we have left if we can't believe? that baseball owners are all right people that, that simply care about doing what's best for all parties involved. What can we believe in, I ask you? Man, it's, it's just the color of money. That's, that's about all, all, this, that's, all this is. That's it's about all it ever was. That's about all this All right, where are you emotionally? Because you and I haven't talked about it. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not there where I'm not angry. I'm not, it's March 3rd. There, there, there aren't baseball games for another 
four weeks. Um, the, 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 as I said all along, canceling games for the first week is posturing. They, they could play the games easily if they got a deal done next week. Like, I, I'm not there. I'm not angry. I'm not anything yet. Where are you emotionally about all of this? I'm actually probably even a little bit more indifferent than you are, uh, which is surprising because you know how big of a baseball guy that I am. But I am, like, even if they get this thing rolling here in the next few weeks or if they delay the season, you know, even further um, or a month or a month and a half, I just, I'm finding it very hard to care. They have given me no real reason to give a damn about this whole ordeal. Um, And part of that, as you've talked about on your show over the last few weeks, part of that is definitely motivated by the fact that the Orioles are not expected to be any good. I I can't, I can't ignore it. I can't, it it plays a major factor. It's a huge factor. And, and you, you talked about it a little bit yesterday with your, uh, with your, would you rather Wednesday proposal, you know, would you rather this season just be a wash? I'm kind of like, that's how indifferent I am. I'm, I'm not saying I'm rooting for that, obviously, but if that were to happen, I, to a certain extent, but it's also not something that I am going to be fretting over very much. I, I'm, I, I can't get there because a, the, the one mitigating factor is the presence of Adley Rutschman, right? It's the one thing that, that here, it, it's so important. It's not even just like a fan thing or a, oh my God, I'm in love with Adley Rutschman. I, he's got to prove, I do not treat Adley Rutschman the way that I treated Manny Machado until he gets there, right? We can make jokes about it, but he's got to prove to be that guy. But the point is, the importance of it, like as I keep saying, the math to get you to where this thing works, almost every it, it, you can run uh, simulations of how the Orioles become a relevant contending team in three years. And if we found a hundred that worked, ninety-eight of them have to involve Adley Rutschman becoming a superstar at the major league level. And so the importance of that. And me wanting to see it and then have a better feel about where I think they are in the trajectory is is still very significant. So if you were to lose the season, that would become really problematic for me. Like it would become I, I think the twenty twenty thing hurt them a little bit more than it hurt other teams, despite the fact that the team was no good, just because of the development side of it. Because you also losing the minor league season was more important to the Orioles at that point than than losing the major league season would have been. Um, I, I think that that's the one mitigating factor. It doesn't matter to me yet on March 3rd, but if we get to, to, to May 3rd and they're not progressing and it's starting to look like it might not happen, that's when it becomes really problematic to me because I have to start doing the math about how how much this is impacting whether or not this ever works, which was always going to be tricky for the Orioles and what they were doing. All the things you just said there from a baseball standpoint are, are spot on. And, and I hate giving you that much credit, but I'm going to do it. Um, they, you know, the baseball side of this is, is what it is. I mean, you, like you said, it all kind of had to fall into place perfectly for this thing to go anywhere anyway. Right. And between 2020 and now potentially 2022. And of, and of uh, course the disaster, the disastrous start to the process with the trades. Of course, yeah. I mean, like they were already set back from how this whole thing got rolling, and the fact that 2020 was what it was, which is obviously completely out of their control, um, with a you know with a with a pandemic setting in, and then with this being obviously from a team standpoint, it's it's mostly out of their control too. There's a, there's a there's a greater picture here. I I just 
from a baseball standpoint, and this is specific to the Orioles, it's it sucks, but it's also not something that you, you know me, man. I, at this point, I'm just like, what are the things that I can control in, in terms of caring about? And right, like, right. The baseball team is going to try to get there with the tools that it has and with the ability that it has in place. I'm actually, and this is like from a non-baseball standpoint, this sucks way more for everything on the non-baseball side. It sucks for the for the club from a, from a financial standpoint that they won't be able to have, you know, fans in the stadium for baseball games. It sucks for the area of businesses around that have already, as we mentioned, dealt with 2020 and, and, and the years following, and now we're potentially going to be losing more revenue. I mean, it, it sucks on a much greater scale than there is no baseball. It sucks mm-hmm. for, for everyone involved in this thing. No, I, just, look, there are, people, there are people in Florida and Arizona, and in, in where you live, there are people that are being impacted yeah. by it right now. That, no and I, question. That and it doesn't impact us in the same way. And I'm not trying to be cold towards it because I do recognize. I mean, I live there. I know what a business spring training is for a month in that state. It's insane um, how well they do it. I was talking about the the ticket prices the other day. I mean, it's it's nuts how good of a business spring training baseball is there. It doesn't impact us in Baltimore the same way, other than the you know the handful of people that might have made a trip down to Florida. I think Jerry Coleman was going down. I think that's about the list. Um, but but there are people, there are actual human beings that are impacted this beyond the the billionaires and you know the the baseball players. Yeah, I mean, I try to go to a spring training game every year, right around my birthday, uh, and I don't get that chance this year. Are you are you fishing? <laughs> are you trying to get me to say happy birthday? I don't know when your birthday is. I'm sorry, Pat. No, I, no, I, I I'm, I'm not fishing. No, it's it's, yeah. it's this weekend. But I'm I'm going I'm going mm. out of town. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mind. I hope you don't have a happy birthday. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. I hope there's, there's no spring training to celebrate here. There's nothing to there's, you know. There's it's, it's it's lovely in Arizona. Don't get yeah. Me March like, March is Mar- I have said for a lot for people that don't understand. March in Arizona is better than any month anywhere. It well, is it's eighty five degrees today. I it's it's going to be gorgeous. It's perfect. It's not too hot. It nope. is, and then you add in spring training. I would schedule my I, I scheduled my life around the ability to have a day where I could go to two spring training games in the day. Like I literally would do an afternoon game with the Giants and a night game with the Brewers, and I would just have the time. I would drink eight beers at Diablo Stadium watching <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero and the the California Angels. Oh, it was the time of my life. God. Anyway, sorry, I'm being wistful now about a different age. I just, I just forgot what we were doing there because I was thinking about being young and having life ahead of me, and those days are very much so over at this point. So it's what it is. All right, Andrew Stecka with us here on GCR. So um, you also now have the ability to bet out in Arizona, correct? I do. And, We've had that since, uh, since the beginning of the football season. And oh boy, that, that's, uh, that seems like perfect timing. It's a shame it didn't work out the same way here, not that I'm complaining. Um, you have taken advantage of said ability to bet on uh, a sports out there where you are. Plenty, plenty times. You are a man now who believes in betting on sports. Big time. And Good. I've always been a fan of the idea of it, but the, the ability to do it legally is, is a great thing. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's good you mentioned that because I need, as Brent Musburger would say, I need some friends in the desert. And so you're going to be my friend in the desert. Um, we are, as you know, we've been doing a Simply the Bets every Tuesday in partnership with uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. And we are adding to our repertoire. It will not be every Thursday, but starting next week, and it probably will be a few Thursdays here during the course of the NCAA tournament, 
And then maybe every other Thursday, something along those lines, we are adding a new show to our programming schedule every Thursday morning at 1140 called Weekend at Bookies. You like that? You like that? Yeah, that was a Glenn Clark original. Weekend at Bookies brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And much like Simply the Bets, we'll have uh, a couple of guests joining us. Uh, Brad Feinberg is going to join us from um, uh, Bet Prep and is going to be checking in with us. He is one of their sharps. He's going to be helping us out. And every week, Andrew Steck is going to be offering us some uh, bets that he thinks are winners as well in a segment we're going to call Stets and Figures because, again, I am clever. Stetka. Yeah, Stets Bets was right there. but Nope. You, you just, I you like went, Stets and Figures better. I like it <laughs> better. I think it's more... No, actually, I have to... I have to shout out my buddy Dakota. I told I was telling him about this, and he said, "He, he said, why, why, why wouldn't you just go with Steph?" The reason why I don't want to do because what did I tell you specifically? I wanted you to do. I specifically wanted some like trends. I want a little info. Yep. That's why I wanted yep. it to be more along the lines of instead of just giving me the pick. I want a little info. I want some stats and figures or stats and, and figures. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to get that from me as well. Well, do you have? Do you happen to have maybe one, maybe one or two that you could t- as a teaser for what we're going to be doing on weekend at bookies in the coming weeks? I got a couple of things for you. As All you right. know, I'm a really big, uh, I'm a really big soccer fan. Specifically, I, are you? I, I've not, I've not heard that. I'm not familiar. Yeah, with as, as, as you're well aware, uh, there is a big Premier League matchup this weekend. Uh, the it, old Manchester Derby. Now the Derby, you say? That's uh, that's when uh, the the boys from Manchester City and the boys from Man U get together and play a soccer match. That is that is correct. And uh, Manchester City are are a fairly decent favorite in this match. They're. Uh, let me look here. They're minus two seventy, uh, and that's that's pretty big. And and we we don't want to really pay that much of a big. But I, I like City to win the match. City, um, City are one of those teams. They're they're leading the Premier League. They're they're a dominant team. You know, they're they're going to fight off Liverpool here in the in the last uh, third of the season. You're here. acting like I don't likely. know. Who are you telling, Stecka? Of course. <laughs> Seriously, I I know. But City have actually. City have actually been on a, a little bit of a weird run of late. A couple of weeks ago, they lost to my team, Tottenham, right, three uh, two. And then last weekend, they actually struggled to beat uh, Everton, who are kind of relegation fodder this year. Jordan and I were just um, talking about that. that. I was just like, they, yeah, boy, that that was really sure. it was shameful how they did against Everton. Uh, that, that's... Everton uh, Everton did lose that match, but it, it, it City left it late. They only won it one nil. Um, City don't go on these runs where they struggle very often. And now they've got Manchester United uh, to play this Sunday, and United are United are in fourth in the Premier League. It's not like they're a bad team, but they're 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 a team that's always been in weird form. And when they come up against a team like City, um, I just I expect City to be able to to pour on a few goals. So my bet actually for this weekend is the City money line paired with uh, an over two and a half goal total. Mm, hang and on when a you second. pair those things together, you can get that you can get that bet all the way to minus one twelve. So. I like that bet. Uh, for I like City to win this this game, you know, three nil or maybe maybe at least two one, and, and and push that total over the the two and a half. And of course, all these lines come to us from the FanDuel Sportsbook, so you can go down to Live Casino and Hotel Maryland in Hanover and get 
to one of those 51 self-service kiosks. I believe that's, I think we were talking about this on Tuesday. That match is later in the morning on Sunday. That's not a, a super early morning match, correct? Yeah, I believe it's 11.30 a.m. So, so the FanDuel Sportsbook would be open anyway, but just a reminder that even if you what you want to bet is the 7 a.m. match on that particular day, you can do it at one of the 24-7 uh, betting kiosks that are open in the FanDuel Sportsbook. So just keep that in mind. It's important to know um, that, that you can do whatever match it is. But this one in particular, you wouldn't have to worry about. Anyway, the betting windows will be open for you to go make your bets. So you are combining, you are parlaying City on the money line and over two and a half total goals scored in the match. Indeed, indeed. Right. And I've got, I've got another one for you. Uh, oh, I'd love another one. A little bit I'd love another to, one. To, let's go to the golf world, another world that you know that I'm the, very familiar you know, I swear to God, you are taking all the things. Why did I hire you? I know all of these bets. I could be the one making the soccer and the golf picks. Jeez. Look, man, I'm look. Look, I'm not going to get you into like uh, darts as of yet, or or you I know, would, Aussie I, rules football. I would love. I'm going to take you. I would love if you had some dart. I would. Oh my god, I would be so excited if you had some darts bets for me in the future. Well, we'll see if we can't do some research in the future. But for now, we're going to stick with golf, and it's not for this weekend's tournament that's actually happening right now. The Arnold Palmer Invitational down at Bay Hill in Orlando, but next week is the Players Championship, which is a really, really big deal. It is considered by some to be the fifth major. I've heard that. I'm sure you will know. I've heard that, yes. Uh, There are two players right now that I really like actually for this week at the Arnold Palmer, but I also like them next week at the players. Uh, One of those players is Sung Im, who Mm. is at plus 4,100 to win the players. Um, He is a guy who is in the top 10 in strokes gained from tee to green. He's eighth right now entering this week. And at TBC Sawgrass next week at the players, that's a, that's a tournament and a course that you really have to be good from tee to green. You, you need to putt well, obviously, too, but you don't want to put yourself in a position where you are scrambling to make pars. You want to be hitting greens in regulation um, on, on a course like that to be able to give yourself a chance to score. So Sungjae Im at, at plus 4,100 is one of those. And then a guy that I like even a little bit more who has longer odds is Matt Fitzpatrick. He's at plus uh, – He's at fifty to one. Sorry, and and he's even he's even a little better statistically in that same stat that I just referenced. Uh, strokes gained from tee to green. He's fifth on the PGA Tour so far this year. Uh, I like both of these guys this week at the API down in Orlando, but I really like them again next week at the Players for 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 the same reason. So you're saying bet them to win the event next week, or bet the I would a top I would 10. certainly sprinkle I would certainly sprinkle some on them to win. Those are the numbers I just gave you. Uh, M is uh, forty one to one. And Fitzpatrick is fifty to one. Uh, the one when when the FanDuel Sportsbook has numbers out on on them to top ten, I would also bet them a little more heavily there because I think they're just going to perform really well. But I really like their odds to win as well. I you know a sprinkle on both of them would would not be a bad play. All right, all right. So those are the stats and figures that you'll be getting um, every every episode of Weekend at Bookies with Andrew Stecka. Anything else that you wanted to throw out? I don't, I don't know how many you prepared. Are those the ones that you prepared for me? Well, I was looking a little bit at tonight's NBA. Sleep, oh, look at you. Look at you. You know, you were talking about John Morant the other day. I lo- like This guy has become appointment television. Did you see the, it, the, the tweet that I shared, by the way, yesterday? Not the one yesterday. No, okay, all right. I, I Look, I... I'm giving it away. Today, you can already go find it at uh, Live Casino and Hotels, uh, various social channels, but I absolutely doubled down and said I am betting on John Morant, who remained in the FanDuel Sportsbook minus thir- or pl- sorry, plus 1,300 
it's yeah, the odd, the odds are sh- are shorter in other places. In other places, he's already down to like eight to one. Um, as of today, he was still at thirteen to one in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and I just happened to see this uh, shared by the NBA yesterday. NBA Communications shares the following. John Morant content from the Spurs-Grizzlies game on Monday generated record-breaking social media numbers, 42.1 million Instagram video views. Morant content generated across more than 80 million views across NBA social assets. Morant has driven 385 million views on NBA social this season, the third most views of any player i'm telling you the national narrative is shifting to john morant and i think that the mvp conversation is going to start going into overdrive in the coming weeks i i totally agree with you glenn and you know when you look at their matchup tonight they travel to boston uh and they as of last night they were a three-point favorite in this game that line has swung overnight they are already a two-point underdog against the Celtics tonight. That's and the Celtics are going to be without Jalen Brown, one of their better scorers. So, I am I mean, I kind of like the, the Grizzlies plus the two uh, heading into Boston. They're, they're coming off that big win over San Antonio in which Moran exploded for 52 points. Like, give me, give me Jada to score half that. Give me him to score 25 or more points and the Grizzlies plus two. I'm getting plus 127 odds on that right now. Like, why wouldn't I on, on plus odds for, for the Grizzlies right now? They're, they're hot as hell. Let's go. I love it. I love that. I love everything about it. All right, very good. At Asteca on Twitter is how you follow him. And, again, starting next week, and not every Thursday, but at least every other Thursday, and sometimes it'll be every Thursday, weekend at Bookies at 11.40 a.m., brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Andrew Stecker, looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, glad to have you on board. And, uh, you know, obviously, I'll I'll take care of the soccer stuff, but you handle all of the other stuff, all right? Can you, can you do that for Naturally. me? Naturally. That, okay. sounds, that sounds good. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Andrew Stecker checking in with us here on GCR. Looking forward to it. Weekend at Bookies. We'll still be doing Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140, but we'll be adding in another pro, another program for you to try to help you win some money in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel with Weekend at Bookies most or at least every other Thursday morning at 11.40 a.m. as part of our content repertoire in partnership with Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook. And yeah, you'll you'll definitely see me talking about John Morant on uh, Live Casino and Hotel's social pages today because I feel very strongly about that particular bet right now. I'm telling you, man. Jordan, you're a basketball fan. You're a basketball guy, correct? You're... Yeah, I actually have a uh, John Morant jersey. Of course, you've you got so many random jerseys, but I'm all in on having a John Morant jersey. I, he's one of the most exciting players in the entire league. There's no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, the Suns looked really good again last night. The Blazers stink now. Is that what's going on since they traded McCollum? Well, they, they they traded McCollum and then uh, Lillard's out for the year. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so they just stink. All right, I guess that's what it was supposed to be. I was feeling better about myself because I was quite depressed after they lost back-to-back games uh, they, without Chris Paul. They have a, uh, I don't know if you know, Anthony Simmons. Simmons, yes, yeah, correct. Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing pretty well. Eh, nobody was doing well last night. They got their asses handed yeah. to them. It ended up being, this is actually depressing for me as a Suns fan because when I get a national TV game, I'm very excited. Like, I can plan my night around it. Like, I'm going to sit down and watch basketball tonight. It was like a 25-point game by halftime. I was like, well, guess I'll go poke in on South Park or something like that, see what else is going on in the world, because it was over quick last night, which was great news for me. It was a lot of fun, uh, but 
I kind of enjoyed sitting down and watching a basketball game from start to finish. It's compelling and interesting. Um, the other thing, oh, I did the loyal. Oh, anyway, let me go back to John Morant before I talk about that. I am convinced that Monday night changed things and that those two highlights that generated all that content on social now make John Morant an almost singular star in the NBA galaxy. Not singular is unfair because he's not LeBron James, right? But in terms of MVP candidates this year, there is no one on the planet that isn't an ardent 76ers fan could tell you anything that Joel Embiid has done this year. You couldn't name one thing that Joel Embiid has done this year. And it doesn't mean he won't be the MVP, but I also think it hurts his MVP chances that they added James Harden, right? Like, that if they do continue to be, you know, maybe maybe they end up being the one seed in the East, for example, James Harden's going to play a significant role in that. I don't think the story is going to be that Joel Embiid carried the 76ers to the one seed in the East. Yeah, well, on, on top of that, Last night, I believe, was Harden's first home game. Yeah, that's right. And, Correct, against the Knicks. And there was, like, rec- like, the most money thrown on the 76ers this year in any of their games for covering the spread and just to win outright. And a lot of people were attributing it to, oh, now they have Harden. So it's like, but... I do. I just think it distracts yeah. from Joel yeah. Embiid's MVP candidacy. Bring yourself up, by the way, a little bit. Bring your gain up um, slightly. I, I, look, I still think that Giannis makes all... It's At the end of the day, it's Giannis, right? Like, that can always be your default MVP in the NBA is, is Giannis. Like, it, at any point, we could sort of look back and say, yeah, we'll just go to Giannis. He'll just get our MVP vote because it's, you know, he's he's the most unique and dominant force in the NBA at the moment. I had said that if, for whatever reason, the Suns continued to roll without Chris Paul, that Devin Booker could end up becoming an interesting candidate because of it. The fact that they lost two of their first four games without Chris Paul does not bode well for the idea that they're going to roll. And in a way, it, it kind of plays back to my idea with John Morant. If the West becomes more competitive with Chris Paul out and the Grizzlies can take advantage of that, it slides back to John Morant, man. I am all over John Morant right now as an MVP candidate, all over it. And I don't think people are going to forget about – like. I don't know that they'll remember everything about the dunk. Like the dunk was was wild, but we see a lot of dunks in basketball, especially in the NBA. There are there are big dunks all the time. I don't know that there's ever going to be a play like that before that. Like that's yeah. one of the most there, ridiculous plays I've ever seen in the history of basketball. I, I saw a tweet today actually. It was about uh, it was it. Uh, it's funny you mentioned dunk. Someone was like, "Oh, why does the why does NBA Twitter go absolutely berserk when people are dunking? It's not like Trey Young is taking off." from the free throw line and, right. and, and slam dunking, they were like, if he did that, he'd win MVP. But but John Morant is actually doing something special. Similar, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, my dad, who doesn't even follow NBA, is coming to me and going like, oh, look look at what John Morant's doing tonight. It's Dude, it, the national narrative is sliding to John Morant, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling it. Look, it doesn't guarantee anything, and if he gets hurt next week, he ain't going to be the MVP of the league. There's a man who has already put money on it. I am knocking on every piece of wood I could find. But I'm telling you, I am riding the John Morant MVP train right now because it, it it's fun to watch that dude play basketball. It's a lot of fun. All right, today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The St. Patrick's menu is available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, and I must try 
the smoky thigh wings with the Guinness grilling sauce. I've told you the smoky thigh wings are perfection already, and they are. They're perfection. I genuinely will never need normal wings again. Not that I won't eat them. I'm just saying I don't. If for whatever reason tomorrow they said wings, wing wings are gone forever, I'd say, eh, it's a bummer. I'm good because I'm going to roll on down to Glory Days Grill and get the smoky thigh wings. But now you add in this Guinness grilling sauce, the house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. I can't wait. Plus, fan favorites also include the corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. It's all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in glorydaysgrill.com. A Baltimore basketball legend, Tamir Goodman, is going to join us next here on GCR. He is involved uh, with something new. He's making basketball nets, and they're fascinating. And it also involves the CIAA tournament that was just here in town. It's kind of a cool story. Tamir Goodman next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Mm-hmm. 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 We're struggling. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms the newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. So I might have to apologize to... By the way, when we come back from break, you don't have to mute Ford the same way. You can just let that play out, too. It's okay. We'll be all right. We'll get it all figured out just in time for you to forget it before you have to, to fill in again. That's the way it's going to go. Jordan's in this morning. 
uh, for Paul, who's down in Florida playing baseball. Um, so, so we're talking about there's two things. Jordan, not Jordan. You might remember is uh, is on the hook. He has said that if Towson wins, because Jordan is a Towson student, that if Towson wins the CAA, reaches the NCAA tournament, he said that if it was like on the eastern side of the United States, he would drive to the game with a buddy of his. And if they win the game, he'll get a Towson butt tattoo. Booker Corrigan and I were trying to push him. And Booker even offered to pitch in cash dollars to help him if the game was even further away. So, like, if it ends up, do we say San Diego was an option? Yeah. If it ends up in San Diego, Booker said, I'll give you money. I'll throw in money just for you to go. I saw Booker at the Loyola game last night, um, which was very kind of him to do. And, and I agree that, like, this is, you're only young once. Now, you're already trying to, like, welch out a going. No, no, that's not. So, I, so I'm going to Nashville for spring break, March 20th through the 25th it's a lovely place it's a lovely lovely uh, a city there's much to do you'll probably go do the angel wing thing i'm guessing you'll you'll, very simple simple white basic white girl weekend yeah Yeah. and so then my dad and my girlfriend actually at the same kind of time they both text me and they're like oh we looked at towson's schedule and we're going to be in nashville during this whole thing you may not be able to make it but the more i was thinking about it you said they may play, what, the 17th or the 18th? Well, the first, so there's the, the first four games are in Dayton on the 15th and 16th. And then the Thursday, Friday, the first round of the NCAA tournament is the 17th and 18th. Which means if they play in, let's say, Pittsburgh or Buffalo, go for the day. Stop, stop, go to San Diego. Stop trying to get, Jordan, I, I'm, I'm telling you this, this is legitimate advice. This, is, this is nothing to, there's nothing to do with show content. Let, just listen to your friend for a second, yes. right? When you get to my age, most of this stuff is just going to be implausible. Like, there's just no way for you to do it. There's a million things I'd love to do. I like we talked about going up to the New York for Maryland's bowl game because it was Yankee Stadium. You know, it, that'd be a cool thing. It's around Christmas time. You know, see the tree while you're up there. We talked. There are too many obligations. There's just way too many obligations between being a parent, having two kids, having. A hundred jobs, and I know you work a few jobs, but we'll talk about that in a second. It, it's just these things can't happen anymore. There's no, I can't do things on a whim. I'm not saying it's going to be over for you when college is over because there'll still be a few years when you're in your young 20s where you'll have a job, but it's not necessarily the job you want to stay at for the rest of your life. So, like, you'll go to them and say, I'd really like to take this time off. And if they say no, you'd say, okay, get lost. Yeah. Because... This is not the job that I'm looking to have for the rest of my life. I'm trying to have this once-in-a-lifetime experience. If you don't understand why that matters to me, then this is probably the wrong place. It's, I'm not saying it's over right now, but it's a very short window. Yeah, I am to understand it comes back. Once your kids are grown, that you get back to a point like in your 50s. But by that point, I, I can only imagine how exhausted I'm going to be. I know a lot of people get new life at that point and start going out drinking again and having fun. I don't know if that's going to be me or not. I couldn't tell you because I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm only dancing around 40 now. I'm telling you, based on life experience, this opportunity, your, te- your school where you go, the place that you care about, and you're a fan. Like You're not just yeah. somebody who goes yeah. there. You like the team. You go to the games. You know who the players are. Being in the NCAA tournament the first time in 31 years will be a very big deal. Go experience that, and particularly because you never know that yeah, we joke about true. the butt tattoo, which would be great content, and I would love it. Then you had to go run in the, 
the the uh, half marathon yeah. uh, with your butt hanging yeah. out. I would love that. But beyond the show content, I'm telling you, just as somebody that, that remembers what it was like being young, you're gonna want to experience this. You want to have these life experiences. I no offense to Nashville, and you know, deal with yeah. your family however you got to do it and pull it off. But if the the regret you will feel if you are sitting at home while Towson's playing out in San Diego and they knock off Arizona. It, it wouldn't be Arizona. Arizona's going to be a one seed. I'm trying to think of who's not going to be a one seed but would be prominent. Alabama, uh, Wisconsin. Duke. Yeah. Could you imagine That'd be cra- I hate if Duke, Towson be, yeah. in Mike Krzyzewski's final game ever, Towson beat Duke? That'd be crazy. And you didn't go? Yeah, I I'd never be. Because you're like, well, I gotta, I I got this Nashville thing. I gotta do the Angel Wings. I I gotta ride around the town in a, at a pedal bar, you know? Like I got, yeah. I gotta. I made it these. Stop, stop, stop. There will always be hot chicken. It ain't going anywhere. And I love it. It's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. The hot chicken's tremendous. Go have pounds upon pounds upon pounds of hot chicken while you're in Nashville. But do not prioritize it. Over this once in a lifetime opportunity to see your team. Now I get it. There's the flip side argument, which is they make it, they lose by 40 points, and you're like, eh, I, I, I plan, I, I screwed up my plans in order to go see this. You'll live, but I You'll saw live. them. But exactly right. Them. Exactly so, yeah. right. So You'll I'll, live. I'm gonna do that because no, even even if it means red eye there, red eye from San Diego to Nashville, and yeah. So yeah, because I and if they win, you're gonna want to hang around for the next. You're not gonna want to bail before the yeah. second game. Yeah. You're not gonna be like, well, I I'm, gotta get the Na- I'm Nashville. Gonna, I'm gonna need to get the tattoo. Yeah, you which, gotta get the tattoo. Which my dad actually said yesterday. Originally, it was if Towson were to make the Final Four, he'd reimburse me. Yeah. Now it's if Towson wins the he, first game, he'll pay for your butt he'll tattoo. He'll pay all of it, bro. Bro, well, you're doing it now. So, so yeah, I've changed so, my mind on that now. Yeah. Plus, we get the content aspect yeah. of it of you potentially losing the bet and having to run in your speedo at the uh, the yeah. Baltimore Running Festival, which yeah. would be wonderful. All, but, also, but, yeah, I'm I'm on on a separate note about Nashville sports betting on my phone is legal there. That's that's well and good. We would encourage people to go to the, the FanDuel Sportsbook yeah. at Live yeah. Casino in yeah. a hotel yeah. Yeah. more than flying to Nashville yeah. in order to be able to bet on their phone. We yes. would just prefer but that yes. people do that. Yes. That would be the preferred way that we go about doing it. Um, but uh, unfortunately, apparently, we might have already impacted the odds. The push, the, the big push that I've been giving John Morant uh, in Live Casino and Hotels social pages and uh, over the course of the last couple of days, uh, FanDuel's already backed it 12 to 1. They've already moved it down just a bit. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. 12 to 1 is still a wonderful number and still better than you're getting in most places. But Andrew Stecka lets us know the number has moved from 13 to 1 to 12 to 1. Get on it before it moves any further. While you still get this incredible number, go get on that bet for John Morant to be the NBA MVP. I'm telling you, I'm feeling good about that. All right, we had to do this a little bit earlier on um, because the time difference with him being uh, the other side of the world over in Israel, but it's been a long time since I caught up with a Baltimore basketball legend, and it was great to chat with him because this this is a really neat full-circle story um, that he tells us. Uh, always a pleasure to welcome Jim... Talk for a living. Tamir Goodman, back to GCR. Well, it's a pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by an absolute Baltimore legend. And, of course, you remember this man as uh, really changing the basketball world during his days here at the Talmudical Academy. And he went on to play collegiately and professionally. And and now he is really 
come full circle in a bit of a way as he had an impact on last week's CIAA tournament right here in Baltimore. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program the man you once knew as the Jewish Jordan. He is the great Tamir Goodman, and he's with us here on GCR. Tamir, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thank you so much uh, for thinking of me. It's always great to be connected with anything to do with Baltimore and um, love Baltimore. Always think about Baltimore and uh, thankful for the opportunity. Well, it's so great to chat with you, man. And, and, and your name comes up so much more. The, the memories that you still inspire in people here, it is remarkable. Um, I, I want to talk about what it is that you're doing. I guess let's get people caught up, right? Like you have been back uh, in Israel for some time now correct and when did you kind of transition into this venture where you're literally making basketball nets yeah well um you know after my freshman year at Towson uh, my coach got fired and um they hired a new coach and it was wasn't exactly such a great situation unfortunately but uh, eventually i came uh, got the phone call from coach david blatt who ended up coaching the cavaliers right. and uh, he was coaching maccabi tel aviv at the time and he said tamir what do you think about coming over to israel to play professionally and i said coach that would be a great opportunity for me i came over to israel and um i actually blew my knee out after my first pro season and i continued playing professionally for seven years but really i was never the same player and while i was you know unable to physically play. I still was like an active player, meaning I went to every scouting report. I went to every practice and I really studied the game. I was like around professional basketball for seven years, you know, still going to every practice, even though I physically couldn't play listening to scouting reports and getting a really deep understanding of the game. And, um, after, uh, 2009, I just couldn't move my knee basically. And I started doing a lot of camps and clinics and I got involved in a tech space, a sports tech space. I launched one product, which got to the NBA called Zone 190. And then during the pandemic, we got a note um, from the Israeli Basketball Association that said, when we go back to practice, every player needs to bring their own ball. Can't pass the basketball because there's proven bacteria on the ball. And when you pass the ball, you could basically make the referee sick or any other player sick. And it's really dangerous. Every player needs to have their own ball at practice. And I thought to myself, wow, I love the game way too much. And I love the players way too much. I got to figure out a way to, to, to help this. And I thought, well, why don't we use the net as a cleanser? People have been using the same net for so many years. Uh, we can make a high performance net that dries the ball from sweat. So the ball won't be as slippery and we'll also make it antimicrobial. So every time the ball goes through the hoop, it'll take the germs off the ball. So there'll be no problem passing the ball and we can allow players to, to get better and, and stay safer. And I hustled around for a year straight. I reconnected with my great friend from Baltimore, David Warshawski, who has a big PR company mm -hmm. and venture W ventures in Baltimore. And I said, Hey, David, I have this idea. He was my assistant coach actually at Talmudical. I said, uh, will you help bring it to market? And he said, yes. And you know, it's just unbelievable to think that one year later, literally to the day, our first college game was at the Baltimore arena, the arena that I grew up so. going to with my father, blessed memory to watch the bullets. Cause back in the day they moved over to Landover, Maryland, but they would play like four or five games yep. a year still uh, at the Baltimore arena. And, you know, some of my greatest moments as a kid were going to that arena. And to think that my net is there now helping the next generation of players to play better and keep them safer. That was a very hard 
heartwarming moment for me. And I'm so happy that it's just amazing how it happened in Baltimore out of everywhere else. So very, very thankful and appreciative to the community in Baltimore and the basketball community in Baltimore. It is really cool. Like it's a very full circle thing that ended up being that way. How, How did that specifically with the CIAA, how did that part of this come about um, that they ended up using the nets. Yeah, so we got actually got our we got our first nets up in FIBA here in Jerusalem. They were used in in, in international play, um, and we signed our first pro contract uh, before a college or a high school contract with the TBL. They have forty five teams across America, um, and then it was like, okay, let's let's start reaching out to colleges, and um, um, we just found out that the tournament was in the Baltimore Arena, and David had some contacts and we shared the CIA, the, you know, the concept and they were willing to give it a shot and um, the players and the commissioner and the, the front office and, and the coaches, everyone just loved the net so much. So we're so thankful. And, and the hope is that, you know, these nets will, will, will be the standard for basketball around the world very soon. I, I want to make sure we have it right. It's the Aviv net, correct? Correct. Aviv in Hebrew means uh, spring, like rejuvenation, new energy. And we thought like with the net, it's we got to bring something new, new to the world, new to basketball, especially after the pandemic, something that 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 will help and, and, and spring forth new blessings for all the players in the world. That's so cool. Oh, it's so cool. Tamir Goodman is with us here on GCR. And, and, and people are hearing about it for the first time and saying, wow, this sounds really cool. I, I Maybe this is something we should look into for our youth league or for whatever it is. Where can they find out more about the net, about your business, about what you're doing, Tamir? Yeah, avivsports.com. And uh, we're headquartered in Baltimore, Maryland. And please stay tuned because we have a lot new, uh, more exciting announcements coming uh, in the very near future. And uh, we'd love for our nets to to be part of your your basketball community. Is, is there any of the coaches or players out there? Is there any chance this could lead to like us seeing Tamir Goodman back in Baltimore at some point? Because that would make a lot of us very happy. Uh, yes, I, I believe so. Uh, in the very near future, I can't uh, say the details yet, but as soon as I have them, I'll be sure to oh, email awesome. them over to you and, and hopefully I'll be able to see you and you can help spread the word. Oh, it's awesome, Tamir. We love everything about that. Tamir Goodman is with us here on GCR again. The Aviv Net was part of the CIAA tournament, which is just such a cool thing, um, the way that that worked out and what what we're hoping that event is going to become in Baltimore for years to come and for you to be a part of it. it, it that's a, it's an amazing story, man. It really is an amazing story of uh, what it is that you have going on. Um, uh, Tamir, you know, can I, I got a couple basketball-related questions I wanted to ask you because in listening to you talk there for a second, it kind of struck me, and, and I think a lot of people do remember the story, unfortunately, of how things went for you at, at Towson. They're in the middle of this incredible run, right? And they very well could end up in the NCAA tournament what are your emotions like there? Like, would, would you be able to be happy for them and, and root for them? Or is it still, you know, not possible given what it is that you went through there? No, for me, I always believe everything is divinely ordained and uh, everything happens because that's the way God wanted it to happen and not necessarily the people that made it happen that way. And I love Towson University. I will always love Towson University. I am still in touch with all of my teammates and all of my coaches. Wow. Um, I love them so much. They, look, it, it was impossible. It was seen as impossible to be a Division One athlete on a full scholarship and not play on the Sabbath. And Towson made that happen to me and made that happen for me. And and that that was a historical moment. It still hasn't happened until today. And I'm forever, forever 
ferociously loyal and grateful to them for allowing me to live out my dream because for without them, it would have never happened. And I love those guys and forever grateful to them. And of course, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for, for Towson and, and I'm happy for everybody. You know, people always ask, still ask me about University of Maryland. Like I love University of Maryland. I'm still, I'm still super close with a lot of the players on that team and the coaching staff. Wow. You know, everything for me. Yeah. Everything for me. I, I, you know, everything for me is, is about relationships and I, I will forever love Baltimore, Maryland, everyone in the basketball community there. I'm on great terms with everybody. And I'm, and, and like you say, I'm so excited how this came full circle. It's just been emotionally so special for me the last few days. And, um, um, yeah, I, I'll even show you something. I don't know if they watch this on zoom or not, but I, I went down to my, uh, <laughs> down to my basement. I was so excited about all this. Um, I'm really excited about this now. I got this. Yeah, yeah this is really cool. This is the old Washington bullets. Um, <laughs> the last game that I went to as a kid, when the Bullets played there, they played against the Seventy Sixers. Wow! And um, I had begged my father let us stay after. That's from nineteen, I guess nineteen ninety one or nineteen ninety two. My Charles Barkley, uh, dude. dude, and um, it was just a, such a sweet moment. Such a sweet moment. Oh my gosh, that is so cool, man! That you know? is so freaking and, cool. Um, you know, my father. My father was such a legend in, in Baltimore. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Tamir, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, Tamir, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the Yeshiva basketball team and all of the incredible success that they've had of late at the Division Three level. What 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 has that meant to you? I feel like that has galvanated an entire community seeing the incredible success they've been able to put together in recent years. Yeah. So like most Jewish kids, uh, after high school, they take a gap year in Jerusalem in Israel, they study, and then they go back to play if they're going to be a college player. So I've had the great opportunity over the last seven years to train almost everybody, uh, a huge percentage of that team over wow. the last seven years during the gap year before they went back to play at Yeshiva university. So I could not be any happier because it's like, I see those kids play. I look, I feel like I'm watching my own kids play because I train them at six 30 in the morning here in Jerusalem and then seeing them perform so well, <laughs> it was so nice. And coach Katz who raised me and I'm still yep. touch with is very involved uh, with that team as well. So, um, I couldn't be happier. I'm more proud. I'm so proud. I'm just in general, really proud of where the world's gone as far as people's beliefs and sports and just seeing how great, you know, basketball and sport in general has been able to unite people and uplift people from all different types of backgrounds. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. I actually happened to bump into Coach Katz uh, not that long ago at a, a trivia event that a buddy of ours was hosting, a common friend of ours, and it was good to see him. You know, by the way, Shiva uh, taking on Johns Hopkins on Friday in the uh, Division Three tournament, which is quite the showdown game. Like, that is a marquee game um, that uh, is up, playing, they're playing it up in New Jersey, but uh, that'll be a huge game in the D3 tournament. Uh, Tamir, do you still get people? I, and I don't know what your level of like celebrity is like uh, in, oh, you know, in Israel. I don't know what that looks like. Obviously, when we bring up your name here, people are like, oh, yeah, I know Tamir. D- do, you, do you experience that there? Are you someone that could be walking down the street and people are like, oh, I, I know you? Do you experience any of that there? Yeah, so I was talking to somebody yesterday. It's been so many years 
And still, I literally average like one to two interviews a day. Wow. Everywhere I go, people still stop. People still stop me. I just took my daughter to the mall right now. The person at the store where she was about to buy clothes stopped me, jaw dropping, like, oh my God, are you the Jewish Jordan? Like, <laughs> still. And um, it's just, I, I never asked to be called the Jewish Jordan. It's not my personality. I've always had like a, just a private life and loved basketball. But as I, um, you know, getting older, I realized like it helps other people so much, meaning I could help people that are looking for a job. I could help connect people. I could help inspire people. I, you know, I, I, it's the more I, I, the older I get, the more I realize like, yeah, this has been really uncomfortable for me, but like God has given it to me as like a tool to like somehow help people. And almost every day it helps someone, it helps someone land a job. It helps someone you know, meet someone that they wanted to meet. It it just brings a lot of good for other people. And maybe that's why I had to go through all that. Do you ever, have you ever talked to anybody about doing like a 30 for 30 type of thing? Have you ever had interest in, in telling your story in, in more of a, you know, for, for young people, you know, I got, I got a young producer, um, uh, uh, Jordan, who I'm not sure is very familiar with it. Have you ever talked to anybody about telling the story in that sort of way? So we did a short 10 minute documentary with uh, the players tribune, which was received right. very well. Yep. Um, and then during the pandemic, um, I just looked at my wife and I said, okay, it's time, you know, and I digitized all of my career. I have footage that's unbelievable things that have never happened in, you know, college basketball before. And we digitized all of it and we did just recently sign a movie deal. So wow. um, I'll be able to give you, more information about that soon as well as a book deal i just i just did a book deal for a kid's book about being a dyslexic basketball player i'll be able to share a lot of all this in the next coming weeks but it's an exciting time i feel ready for it and and again the energy behind the net the book and the movies it's it's not about me it's just about thanking people and giving back and hopefully maybe inspiring people through the things that i've been through so that hopefully whatever they're involved in their life, if it seemed as impossible for them. Um, Coach Katz always used to say, never let society dictate what you can or cannot do. And hopefully my story could maybe relate that to some people and whatever they're going through in their life. And to me, that would be, that would be the greatest. I I cannot wait. I know it was more personal for you. It was, you know, this phenomenon, it it really, you captured such the imagination of, of everyone um, worldwide, as you know, but specifically here, it was, I, I cannot wait to see this film and to read your book, man. That's, that's incredible. I'm really happy for you, Tamir. Uh, Tamir, let, let's get all the plugs in. Where, where, where can people find out more, not only about the net, but you, what you're doing, social media, what all can we plug for you, sir? Thank you. First of all, thank you guys so much. And please send my love to everybody in Baltimore and I will share information with you. I will be there soon. I'll, I'll be able to share more information soon, but uh, the, everything about the net is at avivsports.com. And then my handle for any social media is Tamir Goodman. And um, love to be in touch with, with anybody out there in Baltimore. And um, it's just so heartwarming for me to spend some time with you and talk with you today. Thank you so much. Tamir, thank you for taking the time for us, man. Uh, continued uh, blessings and, and health to you and your family. And we look forward to seeing you back here at home before too long. Thank you for doing this this morning. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. That's Tamir Goodman checking in with us here on GCR. Man, I can't wait. Um, you know, I've, I've said for a long time that's a 30 for 30 that needs to be done. And so what whoever he's doing the movie with, I can only imagine that's it is a story that 
truly captivated this country. Um, it was happening right in our backyard, and everybody had a kind of touch to it. And particularly, uh, uh, Jordan, the Jewish community, it was it was massive. I mean, it was the biggest phenomenon that ever occurred in uh, athletics at that point. Um, holy smokes. So that's that's really cool and uh, just a neat story with uh, Tamir Goodman and involvement with the CIAA tournament here in Baltimore. Everything about that is really, really neat. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. All right, we're winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Uh, Stan the Fan has had a couple of great shows for you uh, in the last couple of weeks, including on Monday night. He and Ross Grimsley caught up with uh, Shane Turner, current MLB scout, talking about the entirety of the situation, how long would it take to get ramped up for a season, things along those lines. They covered a lot of ground in that show on Monday. And then tonight, uh, the great Bruce Cunningham is going to join uh, Stan and Gary. Gary Stein, that is, for a conversation as he prepares for his retirement. You might have heard me say that Bruce is going to join us today. We're going to move that. He's got a couple things going on. I really want Bruce to come in studio. He was like, I can do it. I just need to call in. I, I want to have him come in. I want to talk to him for a while. I want to have a, a really lengthy conversation about his career um, as he is literally weeks away from his retirement from Fox 45. So we're going to do that. I promise it's going to happen. It might be next week. We're working on that right now with Bruce. But uh, he will definitely be on with Stan and Gary tonight. On uh, If you miss it, you'll be able to see it tomorrow at uh, pressboxonline.com slash video. But you can see it tonight, facebook.com slash Sports. Jordan, did you prepare a tidbit for us today? I did. It's a little difficult. I don't know if you'll be able to get it. Oh, good. I, that's a great, great way to but start. It's about uh, Maryland baseball. Okay. So, what about it? So, so, on Tuesday, Terps baseball beat Delaware by a score of 14-4, to locking down the 21st spot in the nation up mm-hmm. to this point. Mm-hmm. Since 2010... The Terps have finished within the top 25 only twice. So this is two parts. What are the two years? Since yeah, ne- year, we don't do year questions. Okay. Year so, questions are bad. So, all right, we'll skip the first part. I mean, I, I, I know when, whenever you go to trivia yeah. and you play trivia somewhere, they will typically say, like, we'll give you a, 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 a buffer, right? Because trying to remember exactly what year, unless it's something overwhelming, like, unless you're asking me, what, what year was the first Woodstock? Like, something that, like, every... Asking year questions and trying to remember whether something was 2014 or 2015. I mean, come on, man. What are we doing here? Like, it's, what are we doing? It's funny you said that, because... Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, the, I, I get it. So then the, the second... Wait, 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 what were the two years? So, those years. 2014 yeah. to 2015. And, and so then the second part, the, the mm-hmm. main part of it... The is, irony of that being, I didn't... I knew there was the the super regional run, and I knew they were right around there. But if you had said oh, it was 2015 and 2016, I would have said, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense." Like, I'm not surprised that that was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Is why the number that's what I threw out there. Yeah. But it could have just as well been 15 and 16, yeah. and I would have been like, "Right, sure, sure." And, and then the the main part and the part that is really really hard is the 24. 24- you still need to bring yourself up more or talk more directly into the microphone. I think is the it's bigger like problem. Lower. Yeah, we, I mean, we'll, we can work on that, but we got to get you more directly into the microphone as part of the issue. Oh, you're just going to hold it yeah, like you're I'll, an MC. I'll, yeah, I'll hold it. Is this yeah. better? Yeah, it's better. better. I still think Sounds you could bring yourself up more. Yeah. And yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. We'll get there. Yeah. Right in time well, for the show to be yeah. better. Okay. Better. All right. So the main question is the 2014 team and the 2015 team in the 2014 draft and the 2015 draft had 
a total of 12 players selected between those two teams. I mean, there's 50 rounds in the four, draft. Four, four players yeah. for the 2014 team and eight players for the 2015 team. Only two of these players have ever gone on to make the major leagues, mm-hmm. which I assume you'll get right off the bat. Well, but can you can you name all twelve? No, I, yeah, not, a chance, not, not a chance. Not a chance right. in the hell that I could name I, all twelve. I no. knew I knew four of them. You knew four of them? Yeah, before finding this out. I knew four of them. Uh okay, well I mean Do you want to guess the major leaguers first? Uh from from the twenty from the tw- there's there's no major leaguers taken in the 2014 draft in the 2015, 2015? draft. Well, Lamont Lamont Wade, who yeah, was just one. on the show. That's one. And was Kevin Smith on that team? No, he wasn't. No. Okay. I I can give you a hint. Oh, but it, well, he might have been on the team, but it was about who yeah, was drafted. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So that would have been. I can give you. Hang on, hang All on. Right. Settle All down. All right. Settle down. Was it? Schwarren? Was he? No, he was drafted in 2016. Oh, son of a bitch. He was on the 14 and 15 teams, though. Uh, was it Lau? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I guess so I should have started the, there. Those are the two major leaguers, and then I, you might get no chance. Two, two of the there's. I'm trying to. Th- I remember there being a pitcher in one of those teams named Taylor Bloom. Was it? Was he? He, he was not. Okay. There, there are two pitchers. One pitcher was taken in 2014. The other is taken in 2015. These are the two guys that I knew. Two pitchers. One 2014, the other in 2015. And you knew. And you knew. I should say this in the microphone and not say it in my... I'm literally saying it in my hand instead of saying it in the microphone. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to come up with these. I, I, we might be here all day. Yeah. I have no idea. So there's... Yeah, this is, this the, is insane. Yeah. The the one I I didn't know how how well your knowledge of no Terps baseball Stop. went, but Stop. I mean I, the, it, then I would have known yeah. these players. The, like I know I know five of the players on the yeah. team right now, but that's the, come on. The guys I I knew of were in 2015. Alex Robinson sure. was taken. You say so. uh, he he played in the twin system. Okay. Uh, and then in 2014, Jake Stinnett. Okay. Played in the, the Cubs so, system. So yeah. in general, trivia is better. When what? there's All a right. when I can reasonably guess things and I just might I, be wrong. I, did, I didn't know your knowledge. Yeah, trivia is, okay. but it's it's better when like these are something you ha- you either have to know yeah. this or you don't, right? Yeah. Like trivia for what, for content reasons, trivia is yeah. better when it's broad. Like what what quarterbacks have thrown for six hundred yards yeah. in a two game span? Something like that where I, I there are reasonable names yeah. to guess and I can just guess them and it's whether or not I get them the, right. Does it have to be tied into a certain? We like it to be something related to what we're talking about on the show, right. ideally. Because if, like, if if I wasn't falling asleep at my computer mm-hmm. last night, what I was mm-hmm. gonna do was like a, a Terps Minnesota like history in terms of like who are the think, top five I, I like think, I think Terps Paul, Paul tried some, the, most. the likelihood that we were ever gonna be talking. I know Maryland went into the basketball game last night. There are there are more people that are coming around. By the way, I didn't bring it up earlier. There are more people that are coming around on the Danny Manning conversation and the idea that he is. Maybe deserving of the job. I, I'll continue to say, like, beating beating Ohio State looked like a good win, and they turned around and lost to Nebraska too. So I'm not really sure how good of a win Ohio State is either. Beating Minnesota and Nebraska and Penn State is not enough to make yourself a candidate. 
Now, if that is combined with them being really wowed by Danny Manning behind the scenes, if since Danny Manning has taken over, he has made a serious impact, and they've been like, dude, this guy, this guy's unbelievable. Like he's leading the program. He's got people around here galvanized. I, I purposely did that because I accidentally said galvanated during the Tamir Goodman interview, and I made fun of myself over it. But like, if if any of that is happening behind the scenes, then Danny Manning becomes a candidate. Be, winning a couple of games at the end of the year alone does not make him. It's wrong. He was always going to be a candidate. It does not make him a front runner for the job. But if you can combine that with whatever it is that he's doing behind the scenes, and I to this point have not heard. I have not heard anything that suggests that's the case. I also haven't had anybody say, you know, no way in hell either, for what it's worth. Um, at this point, I don't... I think it would take something really crazy. Like, if they somehow went and made, like, some run in the Big Ten tournament, then then we'll talk. Um, they go beat Michigan State on Michigan State Senior Day. Like, you know, there's a conversation that can be had. But nothing that's happened yet has given me the sense that he is legitimately being seen as a viable candidate at this point for the job. So that's all I can tell you based on what I know. But there are more people talking about it. It was just unlikely that we were going to talk about the game because the overwhelming majority of the community just ain't watching the games, unfortunately. It's just sort of the way that it is. All right. Uh, here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. Wise. Did Paul send you tubular? Do you have that? Yeah. All right. Well, you got to pick out highlights. Don't just read everything. Just oh, pick boy. out something. Come on, uh, man. He, he sent he sent me a you lot. Gotta try, you got to try to come through it and see what you think stands out. That's All on right. you. Here's what's so. coming up. No, stop. I start. Okay. So it's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. You've been through this part yeah. before. You should know better. ESPN Plus, the Patriot League Tournament. Loyola's at BU at 7 o'clock. Americans at Navy at 7 o'clock as well. Morgan and Coppin to wrap up the MEAC regular season that at 7.30. Uh, it's on Next Level Sports, which if you, like me, have the basic DirecTV package, you get it, that channel. You can watch it. It's channel 623 on the basic package. You can watch the Morgan Coppin game tonight at 7.30. Uh, Big Ten Hoops tonight, Michigan State, Ohio State at 7 on ESPN, Fox Sports 1 for Penn State, Illinois at 7, and Iowa, Michigan at 9. The rest of the college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, hockey tonight, Hurricanes Capitals at 7 on ESPN Plus and Hulu. No traditional TV options for that. you got to watch on one of those streaming sites. And then ESPN is Bruins Golden Knights at 9. TNT, Grizzlies Celtics at 7.30. Andrew Stekas says bet the Grizz. And then Lakers Clippers tonight at 10. Round one of the PGA's Arnold Palmer Invitational at 2 o'clock on the Golf Channel. The workouts get underway today at the NFL Combine. There is some discrepancy. NFL Network lists the start of coverage at 4 o'clock, but some people said maybe it's actually 7 o'clock. I'm not 100% certain, whatever. I'm. This is not for me. If you're a nerd and you're into it, you can watch the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends work out today. Kenny Pickett's hands uh, measured in at 8.5 inches. So Joe, Joe Burrow had tiny hands, too. So. I don't care. I'm just, you're not going to get me to care in any way. Uh, WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Big news uh, last night. Um, uh, AEW bought Ring of Honor Wrestling. Your thoughts, Jordan? I, I My girlfriend likes wrestling. I, I, I do not watch it. That's, that's, that's the bit. All right. Very, you're, you're getting there. You're trying. I'm, I'm you're trying. trying. I'm trying. That. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, CBS, Young Sheldon at 8. Uh, Bullet 10, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featuring Camilla Cabello uh, and Nathan Lane at 1135. 
ABC, Grey's Anatomy at 9, Jimmy Kimmel Live featuring... These are Jamie, the highlights. Jamie, we're in Jamie Dornan. Yeah, there's there's not a lot. Louisa Jacobson, musical guest, Shinsia. Uh, NBC, Law & Order at 8, uh, Law & Order SVU at 9, Organized Crime at 10. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon featuring Sam... I'm going to butcher his name. Hyog... He again? He again? I don't know. Band of Horses? I don't. I have uh, no idea. Yeah, no, I'm no not clue. gonna lie. I have no clue. Uh, no clue. Uh, MTV, Jersey Shore, Family Vacation. Well, I'm eight. all in on that. Yeah. That is a highlight. Yeah. That's a legitimate uh, highlight. Netflix. Uh, not nothing. Not. Uh, who is this guy? There's. Yeah, no clue who he was. Some Outlander. Uh, sure. HBO Max. Max. The Tourist. Max. Original season one premiere. Uh, Gaming Wall Street Max Original Season. You're, one you're not you're not doing highlights. You're there, just reading there, everything. Yeah, there, you haven't no. gotten to. Isn't today the day for uh, Joe versus Carol on Peacock? Isn't uh, today the day for the, the Tiger King show? Not uh, not in Paul's notes. Uh, that's not on there. That's a problem. I'm pretty sure today is the day. I think that's the one thing that people actually care about. Yeah, uh, pretty not, sure. Not pretty sure. Yeah, that's available today. So you got to fix that when you post it. You fix that right. and add on Peacock today. Now streaming Joe versus Carol, yes. uh, the uh, the the Carol Baskin Joe Exotic show. I I I would care I have, more about that. I have zero days. interest in it, but I might end up looking at it at some point anyway. I've been trying to give a shot to inventing Anna because enough people were talking about it. The uh, what's her face, uh, 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 Ruth from um, Ozark. The accent is so bad, I can't watch it. I I just started Ozark. Phenomenal. Well, it's incredible, yeah, yes. Yeah. You probably should have started no. it before now. Yeah. Well, I, I um, Ju- I, what's her name? Yeah. Julia Garner, who plays uh, uh, Ruth. Um, she is Anna in this Inventing Anna show, and it's the accent is it's so over the top. I, I can't put up with it. I can't do it. It's brutal. It's really bad. Yes. Have, you, have you started uh, Euphoria yet? Not yet. That's Do on the you, list. I fi- I finally got through uh, Peacemaker, so I'm 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 cleaning up, and I don't really have an interest in Joe versus Carol, so I think I'm more inclined to start Euphoria than I am to watch the, that. The season two finale was last week, so now the whole both seasons are fully up. All right, I'm gonna start watching yeah. it. I am gonna start yeah. watching it. Yeah. At least start. I'm not promising that the, I'm gonna stay with it, but I'm gonna start. The, the main because you, you talked about accents. The uh, one of the main characters. In Euphoria, yeah. Nate, uh, Jacob Elordi is the actor. I don't know if you know him. Uh, no. He's in the Kissing Booth, bunch of other stuff. Sure. Uh, the Kissing he, Booth. My, my girlfriend knows. I da- know. but, down at the county but, fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he is Australian and has the thickest Australian accent. And in the show, puts on an insane English, American accent. Well, I don't think that all accents and, are bad. I think people can, no, yeah. and can act with accents and make them work. I'm telling you, I, I love, I think Julia Garner is a 10 and a half. In Ozark, I think she's a genius. This is not a good accent. This is, you think you're watching community theater. This is, and I think it was a mistake for them, either in casting, or if they really wanted her, they should have tweaked the character, because it does not work. It's it just, it's dreadful. It It's piercing to the soul. It's like me saying galvanated when I talked to Tamir Goodman. It is just brutal. To listen to. Oh, God, it's weird. Uh, all right, very good, very good. That's we'll leave that. We'll leave that there. Thanks today to uh, Tamir Goodman. Thanks also to Pat Kennedy, as well as to Andrew Stecka. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Orchard. Not bad. Tab at glenclarkradio.com. Uh, I don't know what we're doing tomorrow. I'll I'll get around to it this afternoon. I'll try to book some guests, and we'll have the Friday favorites. Uh, Jordan will do um, uh, Young Utes and. 
uh, Papa Cass will be back, and she'll have Did This Really Happen. We'll do all those things, but then I'll, I'll actually try to get some real things for the show tomorrow as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul uh, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks to Jordan. Your social is Twitter Schwartzberg JS and Instagram J Schwartzberg One. Very good. Have and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio, where Jordan's been loading up uh, some content. You can also see out some of our full interviews. You can now watch on Pressbox's YouTube page as well at YouTube.com/slash Pressbox Online. We're going to maybe try to start a TikTok at some point. We we got some plans. We're working on some things, but. We're taking baby steps in order to get there. We've only been doing this for eight years. Why would we rush? Uh, all right. Uh, that, yeah, so thanks to thanks to Jordan for all of his hard work. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go uh, Navy. Go Loyola. Go Morgan or Coppin. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.